darling, with the young ones And the young ones shouldn't be afraid While the flame is strong Cause we may not be the young ones Very long Tomorrow Why wait until tomorrow Hey everybody, this is Chris. Boo! It is me, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to episode 18, the final episode yeah. of the Young Animal Gatherum. It's uh, I can't believe we've done this for 18 weeks. Amazing, uh, you know. Um, I, you know, at least the gathering was for 18 weeks. The actual covering yeah. <laughs> of young animal was something like two and a, two years, right? Was something like that. It's true. It, it's true. And if uh, and you know, I, I was tabulating how long these episodes were running, and uh, if you were to start listening to Young Animal Gathering number one right now and kept listening all through the day and night. This time tomorrow, you'd still be listening to us complaining about Doom Patrol delays. Yeah, by that, by this time tomorrow, we'd be very, getting very <laughs> upset. You know, we, the anger would increase as we go along. I think it starts very slow, but <laughs> it, it's, it really, it, get, it really ramps up and get, it gets white hot towards the end with our our uh, disappointment with what was going on. Yeah, when season two starts, it's like a switch was flipped in mm-hmm. us, and uh, that's when we actually have to start saying. Colorful language ahead, you know. Uh, <laughs> if uh, if that's something that bugs you, definitely uh, with this episode especially, uh, uh, proceed with caution because uh, we get very very angry here. Uh, we've actually got four books that are uh, wrapping up. We've got a post mortem, and we have the twelfth issue of a uh, another title. But uh, we'll go through them as we go. Uh, the first one we're going to cover is Shade the Changing Woman, number six. That originally aired on the Weird Science DC Comics podcast on August 5th, 2018. Then there was Eternity Girl number six that aired on uh, August 12th, 2018. And we wrap up Cave Carson. Cave Carson has an Interstellar Rye number six. That originally aired on August 19th, 2018. Mother Panic number six. uh, Gotham AD, right? That was a Mother Panic Gotham AD. That aired on Weird Science 826, August 26, 2018. Then the next week, we did a little bit of a uh, presumptive (laughs) post-mortem. We weren't expecting anything to come after this, so we kind of gave our uh, wrap-up thoughts on on the entire line, where it started, how it ended, all that stuff, and that originally aired on September 2nd, 2018. And then we shoot all the way ahead to uh, November 4th, 2018. Uh, That episode, we go over Doom Patrol number 12 to round out that trade collection volume. (laughs) And uh, that ends uh, ends our time with Young Animal, I believe, forever. (laughs) Very, very possible. (laughs) There are rumblings, but uh, at this point, they are just rumblings. Uh, Now, like I said, colorful language, especially in that Doom Patrol segment. Uh, I'd never say that I'm ashamed of anything we've ever recorded, but that one was a little rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely was pretty We were very heated. angry. I was I was pretty uh, angry in that one, I can't deny it. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a uh I'm cursing a blue streak in there, but I I probably let a few fly, it's true. I I think even I did. So yeah, yes, we, we were not we were pleased. <laughs> when things you love are taken away from you, it's a it's yeah. not a good thing. Um now like we said, we this is a long process we have here it's about 30 hours of audio um which i think is about 24 hours longer than gerard way actually spent writing hey! Doom Patrol. so uh <laughs> that is a, a heck of an accomplishment Very uh good. 
And I, I don't think anyone else on the internet has discussed these books at such length no. and uh, with such biting analysis. I don't, so, think, uh, I don't think anyone covered every single book from Young Animal uh, down to the, you know, annual, the whatever, Mabusha. the one-shots, yeah. the, the bug, the weird ones. Uh, <laughs> we did do every book. That's, so that's, yep. that's, I feel pretty accomplished about that. For sure. it's. I think it's like something like 94 books, 94 single issues wow. that we discussed uh, for the entire uh, Young Animal imprint. So, uh Definitely uh, had fun uh, compiling these and reliving some of these moments. <laughs> and uh, we, we hope that the listeners do, too. Uh, I, I usually say see you next week here, but uh, we won't be seeing you on this show. No. We, we hope you enjoyed it. Take care, see ya. everybody. Once in every lifetime. To the Young Animal segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. We are in the final month of Young Animal Books. Isn't that right, Chris? <laughs> As we're playing taps today for uh, for a book that we loved at first and uh Kinda, kinda, kinda dropped it. Feel <laughs> differently about it later on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Shade the Changing Woman, number six. Kill Your Darlings by Cecil Castellucci, Marley Zarcon, Andy Parks, Kelly Fitzpatrick, and Seda Tamafante. And uh, with this issue, we pick up right where we left off. Loma Shade has discovered Rack Shade's collection of human hearts and skin suits. Uh, as you might imagine, Rack Shade isn't all that pleased about this. Mm. Loma Shade ain't exactly pleased herself because, uh, you know, seeing as though the fellow she worshipped for all her life is uh, basically a selfish deviant. Um, also, the cray, those crayfish-looking things, they're headed to Earth still, and without her heart, uh, Loma Shade doesn't seem to care. And I gotta say, for not caring, she sure seems to, yeah. you know, care a lot. It's like she doesn't care, but she wants to care. Which means that you care That's basically right. a type of caring You know <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we've got Loma Shade Blasting Rack with a pair of paisleys And it doesn't do a whole lot no. uh, He demands she hands over the coat She ain't feeling that either uh, Loma uh, next sends a more Concentrated blast of madness at Rack Which is just as futile as before We got Rack blasting her back Which triggers a flashback To a conversation she had with Honey Rich You remember Honey Rich, right? Now, Honey advises Loma To ask for help Since she can't muster up enough caring <laughs> But if you ask for help, that kind of denotes that you care. Yes, right? exactly. Once again, it means that you know there's a deficit. There's Therefore, yes. you, you're, you're caring <laughs> about something. Yeah. Now, it looks as though Loma does just that. Maybe. It shows pictures of her friends. I don't know if she's asking them for help or if it's just artistic. I think uh, it's she... like, yeah, I think it's like this is. You know, these are her pieces of her heart are within. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the pieces of her heart include earth, teacup, river, and lapuck. Uh, that's right, the uh, squid Green Lantern 
fella thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, I also like the fact you know when she and she and Rackshade are trading madness blasts. It's like, well, at least you seem to have some kind of a palpable power. You yes. know what I mean? Like at least like that's some comic book form, a uh, blast I can I can parse that. So uh, <laughs> we can def- define that exactly. <laughs> Uh, so Rack swipes at her, sending her into the jars of hearts, and she opens one marked Kathy. Now, Kathy first appeared in Shade the Changing Man, Volume 2, Number 1, July 1990, and was a confidant and sort of kind of love interest to Rack during that volume. But of course, young animal fans already knew that, of course, of course. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, worth noting, there's also a jar marked Lenny. Now, Lenny was Leonora Shapiro, who first appeared in Shade the Changing Man, Volume 2, Number 8, way back in February 1991, and uh, she was Kathy's sometimes lover and an all-around good pal to Rack Shade. But, of course, young animal fans, they already know we, that. We all must. We all knew that. It's, it's in our DNA, of course. We're, mm-hmm. we're born knowing such things. Uh, Loma, as Kathy says some hurtful stuff at Rack, calls him a coward and a narcissist, which... I, I thought it was pretty obvious. I guess we're yeah, the uh, yeah. last to know for sure about these kind of things. Uh, the heart begins to smolder, and Kathy vanishes. She's gone for good this time, and Rack is not digging that. He kept that heart in a jar for a reason, not for it to smolder and then wither away. Unearth Hellboy's sister is waiting to be beamed up by the Metan Science Council, or whoever they those people on Meta are. Uh, worth noting, aliens are all, all over the place having a grand old time. I guess they know... Uh, the end times are here. Time to uh, mm-hmm. look, cut loose. Have a good time. <laughs> at the ca- at a cafe, Wes meets up with Teacup, and he needs some answers. Remember, he's been banging Megan in the body who's in the body of that punk. This is the original Megan, the mean Earth girl, is yes. now in the body of a red-haired punk, and they're having sex with each other. Uh, he wants to help Megan move on so he can finally move on as well. Uh, they head over to Teacup's place where she attempts to contact Loma Shade by talking into that stuffed purple hippo that we've seen a bunch of times throughout these volumes that even is kind of tainted with the madness. Yeah. Uh, she says, like, this is the only way I can communicate because, you know, uh, Loma Shade touched it one time. Then the the hippo opens its mouth, kind of gets big, and or they get little, I'm not sure. And, <laughs> one or uh, the other. And they climb right in. They do. Now, back in the madness, Loma as Lenny leaves Rack, and her heart burns out for good. Back on Earth, River and Lepuck look into the stars and uh, chat. They see this odd planet with, like, little confetti-looking bits popping off of it, as though it's, like, cheering or something. Mm. Uh, Now, they decide to use a vial of madness paisleys in conjunction with Lepuck's Green Lantern powers in order to travel to the madness. Uh, The punk also sees this planet. Back at the DCHE, Hellboy's sister chugs a big old jar of paisleys. Uh, <laughs> River's boy walks in and is confused by the entire scene. And uh, to be honest, I, I think we are too. You know, I mean, my problem, I understand madness is a nebulous, you know, concept, yeah. Conceptual <laughs> thing, but it's like already in this issue, we see it as a place, as some sort of a power blast, and now it's a substance you can drink or drink. inject. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, what, is, what, what is going on? And, and it's still not clear. And it, apparently when you drink it, it takes you to the madness now. That never right? happened before. before I, you know, yeah. But uh, anyway, so Wes and Teacup <laughs> arrive out the other end of the hippo. It's not as gross as you think. It's perfectly fine. And yeah. uh, they're in the madness. <laughs> they find Megan's body there. And Loma Shade asked if they brought her heart. But they didn't even know it was missing in the first place. 
So they help Lomashade to her feet with the power of love. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, that's right, the Care Bear stare works every time. <laughs> Meanwhile, River and Lepak are also arrived in the madness. Then, Hellboy's sister and R- River's boyfriend arrive. Everybody, the gang's all here. <laughs> uh, all showed up. And after they land, the boy points his gun at Ms. Deeps. That is uh, Hellboy's sister, by the way, right? That's uh, what yes. we've been calling her the whole time. I think it's the first time she was named, though, that I can remember. <laughs> I thought it would be nice. <laughs> you know, at least let's, let's go once. out giving her her actual name. Uh, and then they get into a struggle. Uh, Lepuck and River see this. Suddenly, Lepuck decides to act like a Green Lantern with, like, five pages to go. Also, also, once again, you don't see the ring until he's, like, about to use it, which really yep. bothered me. Like, I'm sorry. You have especially when your digits are like the size of kielbasi, sure. right? You know what I mean? Like maybe if you're if you're a wispy, thin fingered, you can kind of get away with it. But anyway, uh, yeah, this should be like a bracelet. It, exactly. It's, it's the kind of thing most of us would put on as a headband, and uh, <laughs> we should be able to see it. Anyway, uh, Lapak blasts Miss Deeps, who has already wrestled the gun away from the boy. She goes to fire at him. However, River jumps in the way and takes a slug right under the armpit. Uh oh. Now, uh, back in the heart jar room, Loma Shade opens a jar marked Melu. I'm not sure if we mentioned this or not, but Melu Loran actually goes all the way back to Shade the Changing Man, Volume 1, Number 1, from July 1977. And uh, she was Rack Shade's fiance. But of course, fans of Young Animal undoubtedly already know that. Sure. Uh, now, Melu calls Rack Shade, what else? A coward. Uh, then, Lepuck delivers Hellboy's sister, who's rather pleased to see her old buddy Melu. Only, of course, it's not Melu. Uh, now, as Melu fades away, Lepuck hands Loma Shade her actual heart. Well, he tries to, but then he gets heart blocked by the sudden <laughs> arrival of the punk. The heart... <laughs> I will get to it in a minute. Okay. <laughs> now, the heart goes blind, and River catches it. There's a struggle. The punk claims it and attempts to shove it down his own throat. Then Wes. Wes convinces Megan as punk to hand the heart over to Loma Shade. And it's, it's kind of shocking that the punk's pretty reasonable. He's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Loma Shade and the punk embrace, with the latter vanishing. Then Loma Shade saves the Earth and kills Rack Shade in, like, the matter of two panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the gang is returned to Earth. River is, bleed- is still bleeding out and doesn't have all that much time. Loma Shade also doesn't have all that much time. And the volume, the series, the lore concludes with River becoming the new host for Shade. And uh, really looking like the world's lamest pimp. I mean, really, that t-shirt, and you know. Oh, it's first. I understand we, you know, hipster t-shirts are supposed to be ironic, but this just, it's, it's just stupid. It's I awful. I don't really understand. Nine smiley faces. It's, there it is. It's the dot for the nose. It just ruins the whole design. Uh, yeah, so that is it for this issue and for this series, and uh, I'm going to reveal to the listening public right now that for, I don't usually do this, but uh, I read this a little bit before, finished before Chris, and I texted him to tell him <laughs> to express my extreme displeasure. Uh, I don't normally, we don't normally do that with each other, partly because we don't usually get to those books until, like, you know, pretty late in the, yeah. in the game, but also... um you know, we don't like to sway each other until we've both read it. Then we then we talk about what we've read. But this one, I was so sure was going to be <laughs> a clunker that uh, I had to bring it up. So, uh, what's your impressions of this, Chris? 
Um, you know, I, I said it in the review. It's uh, it just seems like the creative team had so many ideas, and and they're not they're not bad ideas. Sure. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna re, you know, I'm a big continuity guy. If you're gonna reach back into the past couple volumes of Shade, uh, the Changing Man, I'm on board with that. But don't do it with like five pages to go. Right. Yeah. I, I really felt that was a mean trick. Yeah. So any any fan that's been reading since the last volume till now, thinking they are really up on shade and suddenly you throw, floor, yeah. you throw all this, you know, history at them. It's like, you, you never worked this in. You never really made this clear that this was going to be on the test as it were, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, it's, I thought it was pretty rude of them. It was. And, and, you know, it's, and I, what I, another thing I really pressed on and I, I probably over pressed on it in my review was that uh, you, you got to leave things out. You have to know when you're beaten and yeah. you have to accept the realities of comics publishing. And uh, this volume, this creative team, this issue just ignored the realities of uh, of the industry. Uh, this could have been a great story had they left out about 85% of it. Um, but even as we were saying earlier, had this volume had 18, 24 issues, this ending sucks. Yeah, it really is like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, I guess A to B is to get to River is Shade. Who cares? I, it's 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 not it's nothing like it doesn't make me mad, but it really has no impetus. It has no exactly. impact. It's it has very little meaning. The stakes. I don't. Such really, a yeah. I mean, I guess it saved him from the death or his near death that occurred. In the same issue, you know what I mean? Like, maybe if this, if this <laughs> had been something before. like, oh, how are we going to cure River's cancer? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, maybe we could have been worked. This could have been more of an important, you know, sacrifice. But really, it was, you know, Loma Shade was going to die. River was going to die. They decided, hey, why do we both have to die? Let's let one of us live. Yeah. Uh, we don't even know who's in the body. It, I mean, and apparently Megan <laughs> and so the nebulous. Punk, Megan and the punk are in there too. That was something too. <laughs> I said, like, you know, that was obviously something that uh, it's uh, Castellucci right, writes this right. Castellucci. Um, she obviously wanted to, or he, is it? I'm sorry to get it wrong. They wanted it's to. A it's a she. They wanted to uh, add everything. You know, they wanted to conclude that evil Megan, the mean Megan story, and uh, it was just too much, though. It was just, you know what I mean? It was just. I saw in your review you called it ten pounds of crap in a five pound bag. Well, ten pounds of story, because because it's I not all said crap. I would have said crap. <laughs> it could have been, you know, it could have been. Uh, it, the ending sucks. I'm not a fan of this ending. It yeah. it does, like you said. There's no, there's nothing to get excited about. There's nothing to get mad about. It just falls flat. But uh, had they, you know, had we had a callback to the Vertigo run or the pre-Vertigo run with uh, Milligan and Bocciolo and moved, you know, moved some of those elements in, this would have paid off. But what we get is a payoff without a build. Yeah. And it's it's like when you wrote stories as a kid and like you you had the ending plan and you just never wanted to work to get to the end. You didn't want to get you didn't <laughs> want to do the work to exactly the build. You didn't up want part. to set the table and um, like I mean, we got what we got here. There's just a lot of ways it could have been done. And we and we both do think that this again was planned as a twelve issue uh, At least. and had to be <laughs> truncated. But they should have you know, the creative team should have dropped, should have started just cutting things. Yeah. Uh, the other books, not to not to compare this book to its siblings too much, but you know <laughs> they have done. They have, you know, I'm thinking of Mother Panic moved past a couple of storylines pretty fast. To, you know what I mean? They were like, "All right, exactly. Let's drop Gala and all that other stuff." Obviously, we got to go to the to the uh, end game here, yeah. and and that's what it did. You know, uh, and that's what this probably, in hindsight, should have done. But of course, 
we are playing armchair quarterback here, so yes, uh, certainly, certainly. easy for us to say. I we don't know the. <laughs> I, I mean, I I would love to know kind of where they were in the process when the word came down that this was now sure. a six issue thing. They'd be like, "What the hell? <laughs> we're almost right? done," you know? Like, what the hell? Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, so what'd you give that on the site? I gave it a five point five out of ten. Yeah, I think that's fair. I probably I would give it probably a five, but it would be a real five a regular, and not a fuck you five. But I mean, yeah. it really because. You know, visually, I think I really think this book worked, uh, and sure. I, I think, like I think you said, there were some good ideas. They just didn't get the room or the time to to be what they could have been. You know, and you yeah. know, I, I can't judge a book really on what it could be because they all could be something. But this really, of course. the ending really kind of took the uh, wind out of my sails with me here, and I would tell people to avoid this as a trade. There's really nothing. Of great oh, yeah, substance you're nothing there. out of it, yeah. yeah. But uh, next week, we have the sixth issue of Eternity Girl, which, again, uh, we've been saying that's the only one of the four that was planned to be six issues, so uh, this should wrap that up yeah. perfectly well, however, however that was planned to be. And a surprise sneak peek into uh, what's going to be our new segment. Chris and I are going to be reviewing the Sandman Universe books, and next week is mm-hmm. Sandman Universe number one. Uh, I don't even know who the hell's uh, writing it, but I know uh, Bilkus Evely, I think. There's a few the people are in it. Uh, oh, it's, Cy it's, Spurrier's in there. All right, um, so it's, it's like a little, a yeah. it's a little uh, compilation. Anyway. Uh, I think it's a kickoff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Yeah, as far as I understand, we're going to read that, and then there's going to be a number of weeks where we don't have any new Sam and Universe books, but uh, we will be covering those as they come out regularly, so that'll be our first foray into that. But yes. besides that, Chris, we have some amazing, frankly, <laughs> Shocking young animal news, <laughs> I gotta tell you. Uh, as re- yeah, really, I mean, when you and then Chris is the muckraker, well, I would have seen it eventually, but you know, I've been I've been away this week, and Chris sent it to me, and I was like, I just don't even understand. But uh, as reported by Newsarama on July thirty first, Doom Patrol number twelve is finally set to be completed. <laughs> they say Newsarama has confirmed with DC that McDade is it Dan McDade or uh, Dan McDade. Dan. We'll be working from layouts by original series artist Nick Darrington, who is currently working on a Batman Giant serial with Brian Michael Bendis. With this, DC has put Doom Patrol number 12 back on the schedule for an October 31 release. I wonder if we'll even see it this calendar year. Uh, <laughs> they continue. Here is the updated solicitation along with a new cover by Darrington. Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol number 12, written by Gerard Way, art by Nick Darrington and Dan McDade. Uh, cover by Darrington, variant cover by Beeple. I don't know what a Beeple is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the solicit reads, something normal is happening to the Doom Patrol, which means not weird since their own normal is very weird. There are mysterious forces at work, unseen hands rewriting history, and the change is so gradual the team doesn't even necessarily see how much they're changing. As mentioned, on sale October 31, 32 pages, full color, $3.99 U.S., mature readers. All right. Maybe Beeple is like bee people. Right. I wonder. So that could be good. <laughs> I know their honeybees are in trouble, so they could use a little work. Uh, Chris also has here worth noting the cover looks like a take on the box for an Atari game. And while it does say for dangerous humans in the corner, there is no young animal branding, which might mean absolutely nothing, although I think it means that it's kicked out of the trade collection. Maybe. I don't know. I, Maybe. I, I don't uh-huh. know. Who knows what the hell, what the deal is? Who, who knows what that means? It probably is more of an accounting thing on DC's side, whether that has the young animal branding or not. Like, uh, I wonder if it just means 
that it's the, that the you know the corpse is is now cold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not even they're not even keeping up the, the act anymore. We're not even going to keep the name alive. So obviously we'll look at that. Uh, I'm definitely yes. interested to know what the heck it can be. It seems really pointless at this time, but uh, maybe there's some yeah, magic there. Knows? It proves to right. We've been saying that we weren't positive though whether it was Gerard Way or Darrington. It has to be Way now, right? If, it has if, to. if Darrington did the layouts. Yeah, they've been waiting yeah, for dialogue. That's what we've been when waiting. When I first, on. yeah, when I first scanned this article, I'm like, I'm like, they're not trying to say Darrington was the holdup, right? Because they're replacing him. But then I realized they're working from his layout, so yeah. it must have just been. Lord only knows how old <laughs> this, these know. layouts are. Yeah, I, I really, I'm really curious. I mean, the thing is, since then, he's become doing quite steady work for DC. Now he's Certainly. doing that. Uh, they mentioned it, the uh, Walmart the, comic. Yeah, the giant uh, doing Batman. All the Mister Miracle variants. Covered. And, uh, you know, things here and there. So, uh, you know, Gerard Way may have missed his time with, uh, created a beast he cannot control or whatever. I don't know how to put it. Anyway, so I would not hold my breath for that. I think that uh, (laughs) you should, (laughs) you know, maybe put it on your poll list, but don't. Don't set your watch. Don't set your watch. And maybe don't worry about setting the money aside, right? You know what I mean? (laughs) Don't worry about it. You'll you'll work it out. When the time comes, you'll just got to scrape up four bucks. Don't don't put yourself yourself out over this thing. So uh, (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. But, yeah, next week we got uh, uh, Eternity Girl. I'm excited to wrap that up. And Sam Mm and Universe, obviously. Kick us off, yeah. Interested to see what's up with that. So I think that's all we got from this week. Chris, got anything else for him? Nope, that'll do it. See you later, Shade. <laughs> yeah, so long to you, Shade. And uh, for everyone else, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. I'm out of character. I'm in rare form. And if you really know me, you know it's not the norm. Cause I'm doing things that I normally don't do segment on the weird science dc comics.com podcast my name is reggie my name is chris and we are coming up on the finish right we're coming up on the very finish line of this imprint mm-hmm. we have uh, the final issue of eternity girl here today by magdalene visaggio sunny Liu, and chris chukri and again this is the only one of the young animal books that was planned as a six issue mini 
right from the outset. So what we're getting is not a compressed change <laughs> story, right? I mean, that's, that's a, I think that's an important distinction to make. Yes, there's there's no, sure. this is as it was planned from the get-go. Nothing changed in the middle of uh, production. So this issue opens with a flashback to six months ago, just when Caroline took her administrative leave from Alpha 13 uh, if you remember, because she wigged out and injured somebody in their office break room. They had some argument, and get to see issue number one for those details if you haven't already. Uh, Caroline and her friend Danny are walking along a snowy street, and here we find out that Danny was also on administrative leave for changing somehow, which is the first time we've heard about this, right, Chris? It's good timing, the very last issue I, to I, learn about that. At least it's the first page of the last issue, right? We find out a little... Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I only got the bare idea that she even worked for Alpha 13 at one time. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. But uh, Danny, in general, is much more chipper about her change. She's not Certainly. as fatalistic about it, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, she's taking it all in stride. Uh, now, back in the present, Caroline is destroying everything. Again, events uh, happen on in several planes of existence, and uh, we'll try to keep this as straight as possible for you. It's one of those things you almost have to see for yeah. it to make sense, because it does... It's it, it's all together. And even, and even then, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But you know, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now, Caroline tears everything in Alpha Thirteen apart with her powers, and Director Sloan looks on from an observation room. Caroline is able to grow tendrils from the ground, which have grasped several uh, various agents and the Neverman. Neverman. Uh, looks like Madam Adam is now manifested in the main dimension as well. So in the quote real world, I right. guess. Uh, now this fairly well shocks Director Sloan. Yeah, you thought she Danny, was dead. <laughs> yes, as is the the body of Madam Adam is back. Uh, now Danny shows up in the observation room and is similarly shocked. But Madam Adam just looks on smugly and pulls Caroline away. And so Danny grabs an Uzi and runs after them. Yeah, there's a little bank of guns right there, which is nice. He just snatches one up and takes off. Uh, now, this is the real visual thing. As she travels, Danny goes through several of her past lives, or they might be other lives in alternate dimensions. Yeah, who knows? Uh, with its, or even future lives. It's not really clear. Uh, the way it's expressed are like just a... A rows and rows of panels where it's like the same Danny in different costumes. You have to see it. You have to see it. See, and, and you yeah. see these different ones. Uh, there's Danny as a knight in armor holding a lance. There's a superhero Danny in a yellow suit and red cape. There's a kind of Catwoman Danny in an off-the-shoulder skin-tight suit. A military Danny in fatigues with a scar across her face. You gotta collect all of these, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. A one-eyed Western Danny in a cowboy hat and a Danny in a purple scuba diving suit. And later we see a futuristic Danny in a mohawk. There's Danny in a, just a t-shirt. Uh, and all of these Dannys are echoing each other as our main Danny in a pantsuit. Uh, speaks aloud, which I'm not <laughs> sure why she's speaking aloud. Maybe I guess she hearing this cool echo. She wants to keep it going. Of course, that's that's always the allure when you yeah. when you're somewhere where you can make an echo, you make that echo. Uh, now, Danny makes it to a long winding staircase and starts to ascend. She can see Madame Adam and Caroline ahead of her. She reaches the top of the staircase. However, the double doors there are locked. Then Crash, the Lord of Chaos, appears, and he produces a key to the Shining Tower. Yeah, just a very convenient arrival of a key. It was like, sure. oh, oh, okay, fine, thank you. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, there's another flashback. Danny and Caroline are eating pizza. Caroline's in now in her comfortable, crusty form with talons and, like, you know, blue face. Uh, uh, hold on. 
Sorry. Uh, Caroline complains she has to form taste bubs uh, to taste food. And uh, though it seems petty, she didn't realize that might be the cost to serve her country. So now, in the present, Caroline's destroying everything some more. She's in some kind of crazy orange energy field that's turning things into Kirby dots, and Madam Adam is well pleased with these developments. Danny's determined to talk to her friend. She calls out and asks if Caroline wants to talk and says she's there for her. Then Crash tries the secret power of Kung Fu on Caroline, and uh, it fails. What is this? What uh, is that scene about? I, you know what I mean? I don't I even. Could, I think I, I wasn't yeah. sure if I should be offended or annoyed. I, I was. Yeah, really I like, didn't know if it was I a comedy. It? Yeah, it's it's really bad. It's like um, it's like two panels of nothing. Like, why did that even happen? Yeah, it's it's like it's like a seventies throwback. It's just so very bad. weird. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Madam Adam says that soon Caroline will replace the very pillar of creation. And then she can just tear herself down Believe it or not This is when things start getting weird Now they start getting strange yeah. <laughs> uh, Now infinite realities Are converging on Caroline And she's destroying them one by one This is represented art- artistically Through mandalas Which are like you know uh, recursive uh, Symbols that are Symmetrical um, And scattered panels Again, this is really a visual thing, but uh, we're going to tell you whether or not you should take a look later on. Uh, We're back to the scene from issue number two, uh, which I think this is how issue two ended, where Caroline jumped off a roof and went supernova. I think that was our cliffhanger for two, yeah. I believe that's it. And then by the next issue, it was fine, and we learned later. (laughs) We learned later it's because the Neverman changed reality, you know what I mean? But now we're back to that scene, and just like before, Danny is there on the roof trying to talk Caroline out of committing suicide, but this time... Madam Adam is also hanging around. So Danny turns into her superhero form, or a superhero form of some kind. She has a black suit and like a red cape. And touching Madam Adam, Danny's hand shoots flame right into her. And now Madam Adam is dead, very conveniently. Uh, just boop, the end. Like, what the hell? What has been going on this whole thing? You know what I mean? Didn't, didn't the Lord of Chaos do battle with this woman? But. Nope. And failed, yeah. A touch, a touch of the old flame finger is all she needed. So, hmm. all right. <laughs> We've got Danny and Caroline. They're now alone in the pillar of creation, probably, I maybe, hopefully. Something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Danny explains that Caroline doesn't have to be such a sad sack. She can actually reinvent herself if she wanted. Uh, she says that she wanted to be a fighter pilot and join the academy. Then something happened that to uh, preclude that. Uh, something about some guy in the Air Force. Uh, it's not it, clear. It, yeah. Not not entirely clear. Uh, it's just an allusion to we, some. We see like yeah, we see like a bunch of Air Force guys, a picture of them, then it burns. Yeah. Right. Like I, what happened? Something. It, it's, I, a, <laughs> it's a story we were not privy to, and. Uh, I really don't care about. Uh, <laughs> no, in any case, uh, Danny went to college and remade herself into an agent for Alpha 13. Well, that's nice. So that's yeah. a, great, a beautiful story that we uh, half told. <laughs> I don't even think we got half the story. That's like that's like a <laughs> sliver of a story we got about Danny. So now it's time for Caroline to make a choice, and she chooses not to destroy the universe. Instead, she destroys her personality only. Her world, you see, so there is no more Caroline. And in fact, when she gets up from her implosion or whatever, uh, Danny calls her name out and she responds, Not anymore. So uh, instead, Caroline, or the person that used to be Caroline, takes off with Crash and they make a new universe together, one that is populated with giant robots that looks like it's very uh, Jack Kirby inspired, which 
can we can we read about that universe now? I mean, <laughs> it seems a lot more interesting than the shit that we've been reading. Oh, in, Lordy. Uh, yeah, so um, didn't like That's this. It. Didn't that That's was it. the end? That is the end of yeah. the book and the end of the series. Uh, really didn't like this. Really felt heavily ripped off uh, by the fact that the this these huge stakes the unraveling of all reality, right? The end mm-hmm. of everything. All realities. All reality, exactly. Yeah. Every possibility, everything was going to end. But instead, nah, decided not to flick that switch. <laughs> gonna go, gonna, I went another way with it, that's all. I, I just oh, took God. it another direction, and it was really, just took any wind in my, I didn't have a lot of wind in my sails to begin with, and sure. it took all the wind out of it. What, what did you think, Chris? Uh, the one word that keeps coming to my mind is weak. This is just such a weak, weak series. I, I like what was there even a story this issue? I mean, there, the, the story's been weak all throughout, but did we even get story this issue? Not you know when you're saying it now, no, not really. <laughs> no, I mean, not really. Not I mean. So think of it this way: it's forget all the all of the you know uh, spiral staircase and the you know fl- fluttering panels. All it is is Danny chases after Caroline and says, don't do the thing, and Caroline mm-hmm. doesn't. That's what happens that's, in this issue, the, you it. know what I mean? <laughs> no, I mean, off the air we said this, this, could have been, this could have been like an oversized single issue one shot. Yeah. With pages to fill still. I yeah. mean, half of it could have been Sonny Lou doing sketches. Absolutely. And we still would have gotten a story, or whatever this story was. This is, uh, it's just so weak. Um... Maybe if this were like a Vertigo series from like the turn of the century that like wasn't promoted in any sort of way and wasn't presented as like the linchpin for a new season of a, of a of an entire imprint, maybe it would be like, oh, okay, it was just a story that happened. But this was like the whole Milk Wars thing. She was lurking in the background, turned this all. I mean, that's why this theater, thing existed. Right? Yeah, that whole event created this book, and that that's why I wanted to just reiterate again and again. This was a planned six-issue series. This is the yeah. stuff that the, the kung fu kick and the fucking magic key, that didn't that was happen as a one. matter yeah. of, of tale convenience. That, that was the plan, was to have these stupid story conveniences happen at the last second that are like, oh, so there never actually was, these threats were never real, mm-hmm. or out of the kung fu kick, I have no idea what the hell that was about. Uh, like and, I say, I'm not sure if that was... A commentary on the 70s. I don't know. I have no idea where that came from, and it had no effect, so it doesn't really (laughs) matter. Uh, But the whole thing really just uh, left me deflated in the end. Like I I said, it wasn't like we we were so jazzed for this book that I was like, oh, you let me down, but it still let me down somehow. You know what I mean? You go in with bottom-of-the-barrel expectations, (laughs) and it's still disappointed. Um, No, go ahead. I think we we only had one issue that didn't have a bait and switch ending. Because I figured all all of the four middle ones were going to have bait and switches. Yeah. But even the last this issue, it's like we got our finger on the button and it's quivering. We're going to end the universe. Yeah. And it's like, nah. Nope. And Th- now we're that's not. That's the ending. I know. It's it's <laughs> it's it just oh. took everything out of this whole series. I don't. I mean, I don't think this would be a good series in any era. I think it could be oh. condensed into maybe a more concise story. Sure. Uh, like you say, a, a, a prestige issue of 40 pages, something like this, but uh, or 32 pages even. But uh, it's uh, it's just not. It's I did not have a good time. Matter of fact, and and I came in kind of high on the score. My reason is, I think in this issue there was an opportunity for Sonny Lou to really stretch out and draw some pretty yeah. cool things. It's it's not. This isn't mind blowing on the level of you know uh, I don't know. 
J.H. Williams or a, you know, Bilson Kevich, but it's it's some cool pages. That's all I got to say. And uh, not worth the cover price, no, but certainly not. Uh, still cool, and I have to give some props to that. And wouldn't mind seeing this artwork on other similar type of Vertigo-ish fringe titles. Sure. I think I think it could work for certain kinds of stories. Uh, and a matter of fact, I think this the art fit the story. The story just wasn't very good. That's really the it's problem. True. It's true. Uh, I came in on the site at six out of ten. You know, you want to know what I really wanted to give it, and it's it's the problem with the fuck you five is I wanted to give it a five. Yeah, uh, but it has that connotation. I do, and I should have come in. We sometimes do these the the four point nine, the five point one. So that's what I should have mm. done. But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to say fuck you to this book. So I don't feel that angry at it. It just sure. It just isn't very good, and uh, I feel sorry for those that spent money on all six issues. What what would you give it? You think, Chris? It, it, it's like when like when your father instead of yelling at you, he just tells you he's disappointed. Yeah, exactly. And that's even worse. Oh, that's even worse. Uh... <laughs> you don't get grounded. You just get the look. And you know, you let him down. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it the five point one. All um, right. Now I'll I'll, I'll lower our uh, our joint average here to uh, <laughs> to better uh, better illustrate what this book is. This is God. I can't think of a reason to read this again. Yeah. I mean, I will never pick this book up again. And I I and I would not recommend. It. This is like you see it in a quarter bin. Leave it there. It's it's not it's not. There's nothing here. Yeah. It's it's no, it's, it's not something to be. I wouldn't even run around saying that sucks. I'd just be like, nah, don't even. It's yeah, it, you can't even, even get wild up about it. It's just like, just you don't need it in your life. It's it's uh, a disappointment, but uh, what are you gonna do? That's life, and comics are full of disappointments, aren't they, Chris? It's not the first they time. They are, and uh, hopefully next week we will not be as disappointed when we discuss the final issue of Cave Carson has an interstellar eye. That's yeah. number six. That has, that has a chance yeah. of, uh, we've said off the air, we just want a satisfying ending. I don't need... We just a, need one. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I don't need a, but I don't need a cataclysmic be-all, end-all. I don't need every single loose thread ever in Cave Carson wrapped up. Just something that makes me feel like, all right, thumbs we, up. We didn't I'm waste glad, our time. I'm glad six months of our lives. to have read this book, but uh, we'll find out. But for example, I'll tell you that Cave Carson is one that you might that that first volume, I don't, I don't know if I'd ever go nuts, but that's one I would consider getting in trade. But anyway, yeah, sure. That uh, that's a whole other thing. We I think I, I we'll got anything else for him this week, Chris. I think that'll do it. Till next time, folks. I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya.
back to the Young Animals segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have a final issue for you today, as we've been doing this entire month, for the final issues of Young Animal Volume 2. This one is Cave Carson Has an Interstellar Eye, number 6, by John Rivera, Michael Avon Oming, and Nick Filardi. So, now that Team Carson has been captured by Bulldozer, the bounty hunter, and former member of the Silver Age Team Carson, if you recall, they're being marched right down to Prince Ilium's dad who ordered their capture in the first place. Prince Ilium merely wanted to meet the stars of Cave Carson as an educational podcast, and who can blame him? Bulldozer mm-hmm. is keen to get his reward and take off with his lemur, Lena. Good name. Lemur, Lena, sure. Lemur, right? Uh, the king tells Bulldozer that having served the crown, that should be his reward. Money is not, that's just a, you know, n- nasty thing. So he yeah. sends, them all, sends them all off to see his son, <laughs> Prince Ilium. Uh, Chloe and Cave notice it looks like several large objects have been removed from the space recently because there are smudges left in the dust, you see. Therefore, they can tell. So this is a very, like, film noir detective type thing here. Uh, they, they surmise that he might be pawning stuff off in order to pay for this army of bounty hunters that were searching for Cave Carson. Which, Chris, I think that's a pretty big assumption. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, kind of out of left field, right? You know, it's like, all right, the dust, the dust might imply that furniture was moved. <laughs> How do you know it was pawned, though, really? That's, that's a big leap. <laughs> for a specific reason, too. I know, for this one thing. It's like, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe capturing Cave Carson doesn't cost as much as you think. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, he wasn't just paying off gambling debt. He was, he was looking for Cave. <laughs> it, had to be, it had to be all about Cave in the end, right? <laughs> Uh, so Cave says he recognizes that look on the prince's face. It's the face of someone that sees no future. Or he might have gas. I don't know. One of the two. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. People get that confused when they look at babies too. Exactly. Same strange. thing. Same exactly. <laughs> now, now, Prince Ilium, that's the uh, sentient jellyfish spooge thing. Uh, he's thrilled to see everyone, and uh, we actually only see a small piece of him here because the full, the full whole thing should uh, the jellyfish is just massive. You, yeah. you can't even comprehend it with our human eyes. Uh, now uh, he recognizes them all, even Bulldozer, who he says that he says that he died in episode number four. Now that raises some hackles between Bully and Cave. Chloe asks what ails Prince Ilium. Remember, we did learn that he was dying last issue. Um, I guess this is why his dad was paying uh, through the nose to get whatever he wants. Yeah, right? it's like a Make-A-Wish Foundation type scenario, right? You <laughs> yes. know, whatever you want, kid. Gotta die happy. Now, instead of answering Chloe, Prince Ilium asks Star Adam if he finished that song for him yet. Star Adam says, not yet, but it's almost done. He suggests that Prince Ilium tell his story, and then Star Adam might get inspired. Prince Ilium says that he and his dad were just hanging out at the end of the universe, and they got to meet various people who formed a circle of spaceships and junk around them. And so we have Planet Ilium. Mm. One day. Yeah, that's how, I guess that's how the, the big junk planet uh, became a came, thing. Came together, yeah. Now, one day, a meteor pierced Prince Ilium's uh, jelly. Yep, I guess. Uh, and, now, <laughs> and now he's awfully sick uh, in his tum-tum region. Uh, that's medically speaking, of that's course. That's right. That's a medical term, the uh, tum-tum. Uh, Prince Ilium... <laughs> boom, boom, <laughs> exactly. Ooh, I got, I got to make a boom-boom. Uh, Prince Ilium remembers how his father brought him the remains of Star Adams, who he then reassembled into the living version we see before us. So that's a reminder, remember, he could restore 
dead matter into living beings. Uh, one day, I wonder, we'll, come back I wonder if that'll come up. We'll, we'll have to see <laughs> here in the final issue of Cave Carson. Uh, one day, while listening to Cave Carson's podcast with his dad, Prince Ilium heard Cave answer one of his letters, and the question he asked was, whatever happened to the original Team Carson? Which is how we heard a few issues back about Bulldozer being left behind by Cave. So it's all coming together, folks. It's all getting tied back together. Uh, he excitedly said he thought that Cave could figure out how to get that meteor out of him, and Prince Ilium supposes that's where his dad got the idea to capture Team Carson in the first place. Cave asked to see some samples of the meteor lodge in Prince Ilium, and then he asked Bulldozer if he thinks he could whip up a sonic drill. But Bulldozer cuts him off, and he says he's not having any of this. He's going to go get drunk and split before Cave fouls everything up, and he does not use the word foul. Uh, mm. Cave appeals to Bulldozer, says Prince Ilium needs his help, but Bully asked, where was Cave's help when he spent 20 years as a coffee table in Zartruvian, in a Zartruvian Bordello, where he could see everything going on around him? Which I thought was pretty funny, considering. But obviously this yeah. is a uh, Han Solo, Return of the Jedi type, you know, the Frozen and Carbonite type scenario, I'm thinking. Sure. Uh, he points out that Cave has never even asked him how he got free, and then Bulldozer calls Cave a loser and takes off. Jump ahead several hours where a bulldozer is drunk at a bar. A Cave Carson puppet shows on television. It's kind of like a, it's like finger puppets with like tentacles sticking out the bottom. Yeah, it it's, uh, it's actually reminds me of like the aliens from The Simpsons. You know those uh, the, yeah the two yeah, big with tentacle the guys under their the heads, domes, huh? but they have Cave yeah. Carson like faces pasted on them. It's very <laughs> silly. And we, we suppose this Cave Carson theme makes sense since, you know, the very planet is Cave's biggest fan. It's true. So probably, stands controls, to reason. probably controls a lot of the broadcasting, yeah. <laughs> very possibly. Yeah. Uh, then Chloe shows up to talk to Bulldozer and maybe gets sloshed herself, too. <laughs> uh, but first, we switch back to Cave Carson and Dr. Mark Barstow, who have come up with a plan. Now, a contained ecosystem that could break down the meteor inside Prince Ilium is what they're devising. Uh, Cave reveals that he's feeling a little unsure of himself, uh, you know, being that bulldozer made him kind of feel like crap. Yeah. Uh, Mark says that Cave, you know, Mark says, you know, Cave rescued him, didn't he? Uh, but Cave points out that, yeah, he only saved one of the Mark Barstows out there, one of his dimensional variants, not the original mentor that he knew. Uh, that fellow, if you remember, took his own life. Now, Mark says he can't know why uh, that Dr. Barstow committed suicide, uh, but with a hug, he says it was not for a lack of a good friend. Now, back over to Chloe and Bulldozer. He tries to play the guilt card on Chloe, but she is not having it. Chloe says that growing up, her dad loved the bully all those years and kept him from being a better dad to her. Bulldozer asks if he's supposed to feel bad about this or something, and Chloe's front that if he ever calls her father a loser again, she'll kill his monkey and eat it in front of him. Okay, whoa, all right So Bully calls after to say that it's not a monkey, it's a lemur So now we're going to try to cure Prince Ilium uh, Cave and Barstow jammed a couple of pink crystals into a microphone And Star Adam's supposed to sing into it And that should break down the meteor Specifically, he should sing that song that somehow rips everyone's clothing off It's also a great time to debut the tune that Star Adam wrote for Prince Ilium That he finished Somehow in the interim during like in the last 10 minutes of this issue. I don't you know. I don't know when he wrote inspiration that. struck it, yeah. I guess it just came over him <laughs> uh, Chloe plays the guitar for this Cave is lowered into the body of Prince Ilium to find the best spot for ingress using his cybernetic eye naturally And the plan is he's gonna plant a bomb to make sure the job is done the whole plan to be honest I it seems like there's many 
too many points to it, right? You know, there's a ecosystem. It's a, it's a Dagwood sandwich. It yeah. really is. Like, like, how, what do we? There's a bomb. <laughs> there, there's a sonic uh, vibration. I don't really understand. So suddenly, though, <laughs> everyone's attacked by Prince Ilium's antibodies, which are like man-sized monsters, since Prince Ilium himself is so huge. Now all looks lost, but then Bulldozer and Lana show up. Bulldozer makes nice with Cave. Uh, he admits that he was a worthless drunk when he first met Cave, and now he's an intergalactic bounty hunter. He also tells Cave the best place to plant that bomb. And so Cave plants the bomb, and they take off. Bulldozer hitches a ride on Cave's jetpack, since his own is depleted, uh, you know, from shooting these man-sized antibodies. Uh, however, due to flying debris, Cave has to let go and falls back into the explosion. Chloe loops a rope around herself and dives in to save her father, but she fails. <gasps> Cave Carson dies with no regrets. You know, he's, he's over everything. Mm -hmm. But luckily, there's enough of him left over for Prince Ilium to remake him. Hey, isn't that convenient? Uh, Prince Ilium tells Cave's essence that he can, and like, this is strange too, like, so Cave is, is still alive though, but only within Prince Ilium for a minute here. Because uh, yeah. only they talk to each other. Uh, so Prince Ilium tells Cave's, like, essence that he can be remade any way he likes now. He doesn't need to be the same Cave Carson and Chloe, meanwhile, in, like, not inside of uh, Prince Ilium. Yeah, like in, like, a, in, like, an entertainment room, yeah, like it, a den or something. It really is like a den. <laughs> uh, she's holding <laughs> Cave's, her dad's cybernetic eye lovingly, and she got it from Prince Ilium, who I guess rescued it when he exploded or something or other. So everyone's about to go, and the king is very grateful that his son was saved, and Chloe looks at the cybernetic eye. It sprouted little legs. And then this turns into a miniature baby, which rapidly ages into Cave Carson. Back on Earth, the gang's back all together, hearing this whole story and watching it on television somehow. Uh, Wild Dog is here, the Muldrugans, all your favorites from the first volume, they're all here. Uh, Cave says he came back as himself because he's finally happy being himself. Although Chloe points Aww. out that he's a little taller and thinner now. I know. Oh, we I both, can't, you, can't blame him. I he, can't blame him. I would do, oh, God, you kidding? I mean, yeah, I, would, <laughs> I would not come back as myself. I got news for you. I would come back as, I don't know, Wolverine or something. But uh, there you go. Wild Dog says he would have put a gun in his chest. Like, that's, that's probably more of what I would have done. So uh, that, they, That's a good idea, too. They toast, and now it looks like Chloe's going underground to become the new queen of the Muldrugans, which, uh, good for her. That's nice. And uh, that wraps up. Although there's also a bit at the very end where, you know, Cave is getting a call from the Justice League, so there's some connectivity there, and now the respect is there, whatever. But, uh, yeah, that was the end, which was a nice ending. Mm -hmm. uh, I like that it was a happy ending, but it was sure. really very flat. You know, it really... Absolutely. The, the stakes that had been built over the issue and over even the series... Would just evaporated at the very end, you know. Uh, not that I need yeah. Cave to have been a martyr necessarily, but his death had no onus at all. He died and he came back. Everything's we, everything's great, you know. And it seemed to make <laughs> more sense to me if he would have passed it along to his daughter or something that had a legacy going on. Uh, what do you think of it? Uh, you know, it's hard enough to bring to have any kind of stakes when it's a when it's like a galaxy of the week or galaxy of the month type of a situation where it's like what everything's going to have sort of a clean ending you know yeah. with every every little planet leap so the stakes are really flaccid to begin with and this it was even below that um i mean he died and he came back 
Was it even two pages later? No, it's barely. I, I mean, mean, it was just. In, in a way, he was alive immediately within Prince Ilium, right? So. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, because it's like the next panel. It's like, oh, don't worry, we got him. In fact, <laughs> he got in all fact, of his parts. In fact, I was I was kind of confused, and then I was like, and then I kind of figured it out when you see him walking through his memories and like what he can, you know, what he can have, and yeah, uh, and it's it's actually well rendered for what it is, like that. Oh, the art's great, yeah. And and just the way that that is shown him kind of going through that, it's not psychedelic. It's more like. Meander it kind of reminds me of like a family like cartoon. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good way to put it. But uh, you know, it just it just took away the the whole impetus, the whole you know yeah. thing of it. You know, and uh, again, it's not like it's not like that's the only way it could have ended. But that sure would have been a lot more interesting than the one that we got. Uh, I was almost expecting. I was almost expecting them like the uh, like the ending of Quantum Leap, where it's like you know, Doctor Beckett never returned home. He kept leaping. I figured this was going to be like a okay, on to the next adventure, and then just we just don't see it. That's, that's, what that's what I was exactly. Yeah, I think that's what we were we were talked about that. But we hoped it would yeah. just kind of end like you know, so long. Cave Carson continues on through space, and you know, yep. come up with your own head cannon for that. And whether that you know whether. It, there are a lot of ways it could have gone, obviously, as far as who would be on the team or whatever, but uh, this just really just seemed lame, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Overall, a lot of the storytelling was great, and when I think about the positives of this volume, there are a lot of things like uh, Mark Barstow became like a pretty interesting, if goofy, comic relief type character, and, uh, sure. you know, individual issues, there's really nothing wrong with them, but uh, this really did not... Do my, you know, I'll tell you the first volume. As long as that story about the uh, w- the whisper, right? What was that thing called the whisperer? Yeah. The as long as it was the whisperer. Yeah. As yeah. long as that thing did go on at the end, it was really cataclysmic. You know what I mean? It was like, sure. wow, this could be it uh, for everybody. You know, the the way they were always fighting that giant monster and like having to I don't know run across its surface. It reminded me of like a Godzilla type movie. But anyway, that's uh. That's going on and on about it. Uh, I gave it on the site. I gave it. I was kind of in between a six point five and a seven. I gave it a six point five. I think I'm gonna stay there. I was like, uh, yeah, it's just like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, it's a very fair, uh, fair score for it. Uh, I'd, I'd be right in that neighborhood too. It's just, uh, it, you know, we we invested six months. Yeah. You, you, you need a little bit. You know, overall, we've we've invested almost two years in sure, these characters. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it's just like, okay, this is done now, and there was, it, it just didn't feel like, it felt like just another issue. Uh, it just didn't feel like, it wasn't, uh, you know, a jolly send-off, like, you know, the see you next, see you in space somewhere. Right. And it didn't have any kind of finality at the same time. So it's in that, like, nebulous kind of... Okay, you know, would you buy a trade of this? What? You know, it's interesting because no. it does apply... Uh, it does imply future adventures, like I say, all that stuff about Chloe's going to be the queen of the Muldroogs, controlling Muldroog, yeah. and and you know if Cave's getting call for advice from this from the JLA, that's something obviously. But uh, you you get the feeling this is all it's just like all right, let's go into our boring workaday lives. You know what I mean? Like yeah, <laughs> uh, all right, like fun's over now. We just got to go. I got to do like IT work for the JLA JLA Watchtower or something. So. Uh, Cape Carson has a mundane eye. <laughs> Maybe that's the next the next volume. Yeah, Cape <laughs> Carson has a blue collar eye. But uh, yeah, that there it is. That ends that one, and I would not get a trade of that to be honest with. Ah. Uh. I don't know. You know what I mean? Half price, maybe. Yeah. I, you could. You might push Maybe. me to get one half price because the art really is cool. 
and uh sure. you know it's it's these are a cool bunch of characters you know just because i want a little bit more out of them does not make this like a you know avoid at all costs type of comic it's definitely sure. not like that it's just sort of like eh, i just hope for more didn't get it and uh maybe other people have lower hopes than i do and that's good <laughs> But anyway, we got we got to have one more coming up. One last salvo from the Young Animal team. What's that, Chris? You know, if if two years ago you ever I, I was ever gonna say Mother Panic, you're our only hope. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I never would have imagined it. Yeah, but uh, next I'm looking week forward is, to uh, this. Sure. Yes, yeah, it's Mother Panic Gotham AD number six to wrap up that series and the imprint. Um, but we have news. Uh, oh boy! Wow. Now found by some, found by somebody looking in the uh, most recent issue of Eternity Girl that we discussed last week. Now this is this appeared in the printed copy. It did not show up in our comps, so yeah. uh, we were not able to report this last week. But we will report it today. It's a letter from Gerard Way, and it says, As we roll into the sixth issues of the original core books of the line, Young Animal is going to be winding down. And gearing up for new releases for you next year. Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably not. Wow. But <laughs> he continues, currently, Team Doom Patrol is working on its next arc of stories, and we're getting them in early so we can get them right. Doom Patrol will return much bigger and weirder than ever when we land on issue 13. In the meantime, you have issue 12 to tide you over. No, we don't. Uh, Which is a very special issue of Doom Patrol, giving the Reynolds family an adventure of their own, drawn by Dan McDade. Lots of childhood memories playing fantasy RPGs were tapped in making this issue, and the team is really proud of it. Isn't that great? Well, isn't that nice for the team? Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely Gerard Way. Like you know, when I first I literally yeah. first saw this, I saw a snippet someone put up on Twitter. I don't know where it was really from or what, but uh, Chris was able to find that page in the printed edition of Eternity Girl. And I bet it's been in uh, it's in every issue this month of all the Young Adult Probably, comics. Yeah. I would I would guess. And uh, I will believe all this stuff when I see it, folks. I'm not holding my breath, and maybe not even then. <laughs> And not even that. I may not even believe it. I have no faith in, especially especially Doom Patrol. I have no yeah. faith in any kind of regular, you know, output or anything that's going to be he's, satisfying. He's talking about an issue two issues away. I know it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? It's like we haven't even seen this <laughs> mythical he might issue say twelve. We're up to issue fifty. What a what yeah. a what a debacle! You know, really, this is you know how many sure. how many chances do you give this series to? Issue six was a Mike Allred. Now issues twelve yeah. is going to be a, like a little you know a side story. It's like just hang it up, dude. You know what I mean? Like you you you, you, you messed it. up. Yeah. You messed up. Just take it, take it like that. You messed up, and you know, regroup, come back to another another thing another day. But uh, whatever, they'll give him a hundred tries. I'm yeah. sure. That what do they care? Oh, at least, yeah, at least. But uh, that's all we got. Believe me, that's just sort of the news is really just sort of for information purposes. If those comics exist, we'll talk about them, but we have no plans of doing anything really special. (laughs) Trust me, we, you know, when we see them, we will react to them and not before. Uh, But I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for them? Oh, that'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic.
everybody, welcome back to the Young Animals segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one. Young Animal book. And it is the end of this series as well as the end of this imprint. What do we got for them, Chris? We're going to shut the lights off with Mother Panic Gotham AD number six. Stories called Different Bat Channel, Part 6, by Jody Hauser, Ibrahim Mustafa, Jordan Boyd, and John Workman. Now, if you remember the last issue, we ended with uh, Jason Todd infiltrating the Mother Panic compound, and we open here with a quick and dirty look at Jason Todd's history. A lot of it's the same as uh, we used to. He was at one time Robin. He was killed by the Joker. He came back. He turned into the Red Hood. And then, after Gotham went to pot, he fancied himself the newest version of Batman. And Jason and Violet waste no time fighting it out at the Mother Panic compound. Uh, We start to see that odd symbolism during the fight, like we saw way back in the first issues of the first series. And uh, it's it's funny because when Violet when it happens, Violet says this crap again, which which is is basically what was going through my mind. Exactly. I was like, all right. It's like, okay, that, that stuff was played out even in the first issue. Uh, now, she explains that this has to do with her gatherhouse programming, which, I mean, is probably obvious, but I don't know that it's ever actually been confirmed. Uh, I, I, like, yeah, the symbolism meaning something. That's the thing. I suspected it, but it still doesn't really explain what is happening there. But I guess that's we'll never know. Exactly, something. yeah. She was so mind-warped by, you know, gatherhouse that when she fights, she sees, like, a frog with a bloody eye or something. That's that's what Yeah, it, or a fox with a knife through its throat. Yeah. You know, weird images. So that that's what happens <laughs> when, that, when that happens to you. So after that, Fennec Fox wanders into the room, rubbing the sleep out of her eyes. It's sort of cute. And the sight of her causes Jason to freak out a bit. He uh, pictures her wearing a Robin costume. He also gets a vision of all the crucified Robins telling him how much better they were than he is, which is something else, let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, They were real heroes while he is just a pretender. Violet then ushers Fox out of the area, and Jason sees Fox as a rotting corpse in a Robin costume, and that kind of freaks him out a lot more. Yeah, they fight some more, and then Fox does get involved. She jumps on Jason's back and stabs him in the stabs him in the back with a couple of her knives. Jason grabs hold of her and hurls her into a wall, which probably wasn't the brightest thing to do because uh, now Mother Panic is cursing mad. Mm-hmm. Well, more cursing mad than usual. <laughs> uh, Jason Violet then slams Jason into a wall and then headbutts him hard enough to shatter his bat helmet mask thing. Uh, Then the Oracle enters, and she tells Jason that Bruce wanted so much more for him. In a daze, Jason walks over to her. She hugs him, and then he falls to his knees and hugs back. Uh, At this point, Jason removes what's left of his bat mask. Next, that being uh, dealt with, Violet heads off to the Collective, and she infiltrates the office's lab facility place and finds Dr. Varma and Dom, and also herself in a tank suspended there while while this this is this earth's violet page in that you know that bubbling containment unit uh she walks over to herself and puts her hand on the glass and varma and dom are freaking out mr freeze ain't too happy about this either and uh, violet removes her mask and gives him a real shock freeze tells violet that she's been in stasis since the gatherhouse fire 20 years earlier violet asks him why they haven't just ended this Freeze says, eh, ain't my call. It's up to her brother. Violet's all screw that and takes herself out of the stasis tube and then kisses herself goodbye. Ooh, 
kind of, you know, I got to kiss myself, you know what I mean? It's just kind of that James Brown on it. So uh, then a shot rings out. Varma is shot in the shoulder, courtesy of Victor Page. Violet's not interested in chatting around with this and actually walks directly up to her big brother to the point where his gun is pressed right into the side of her head. That's how close she gets to the guy. Uh, after a moment, she grabs his arm and breaks it, and she holds him aloft by the throat and thinks back to, well, kind of going back over everything that we've learned about the Pages and Violet Page, uh, the hunting incident, quote-unquote, Gatherhouse, the fire that she set on in Gatherhouse as she walked away. Uh, <laughs> rather than kill Victor, she throws him into the stasis tube, and Mr. Freeze hits the engage button. As the dust settles, Violet tells Varma and Dom that they'd worked for her in another reality. And she hopes they'll do the same here. And seems like they will. Seems like a good fit. And they kind of lost the job they have now, so they shake on it. Yeah, but why not? I mean, uh, <laughs> you, know, it's, you can it's work same, for her there. Same <laughs> skill set, right? What's the difference, you know? Yeah, you work for her, you just don't do anything. <laughs> um, now, they return to the compound, and Violet checks in with the Oracle, who now knows that her daughter, that's the Violet of this reality, she knows that she is dead. Violet tells her that the daughter is now free, but assures her that she, Violet, will always be there. We get a montage of the Mother Panic family making nice. Now, the family includes Dom, Varma, Otis the Rat Catcher, Jason Todd, Fennec Fox, the Oracle, and, of course, Violet. Then we wrap up the series, the imprint, the everything, with Violet accepting that this is now her home, and her job here is anything. But done. And unfortunately, though, uh, her job is completely done because that is the end of this series and the end of the Young Animal imprint. So there are no future plans for Mother Mother Panic books that I know of, although I wouldn't mind seeing it. What do you think of this issue, Chris? I thought it was really good. Um, This was uh, probably the most satisfying ending we've gotten out of any Young Animal, and that includes both volumes and Milk Wars. (laughs) This has been the one worth reading, I think. Milk what? I don't remember. What (laughs) what is that? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Because, you know, if you are a trade waiter, uh, I think this might be the only Young Animal book of of this season that I would suggest picking up. Yeah. Uh, The rest of them, I mean, Cave Carson was basically a non-entity. Shade just evolved into garbage, and yeah. Eternity Girl never had a reason to exist. But uh, Eternity Girl wasn't that great. Cave, Cave is one where I really do feel a big sense of what might have been, yeah, had it been allowed yeah. to tell its story. I think it really suffered. This one less so. I, you know, the seams or the, you know where they had done the compacting of the story was less obvious. Although I, at times. Sure. You definitely felt a little bit of that compression happening, you know. Uh, things happened awfully rapidly from about issue three till now. If you, you know, oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah Jason, Jason Todd basically <laughs> appeared and became the most important character, for example. So uh, that was kind of that. That was you know a little bit unfortunate, but this is a solid. This really is a solid series and a really solid sure. issue. I would even say now, you know, in the final analysis, it's worth going back to that first volume too, which we had trouble with at first. But it, yeah. it ended strong, and I, I, you don't need it. You don't need it to, to understand this, which is more or less an Elseworlds Batman story, sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think it could uh, provide background if you maybe read the second one first, and if you like it, check out the first volume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, works backwards. It, uh, Sometimes it starts works, off really yeah. rough. <laughs> it does, you know, but, but knowing what we know now, the thing is it started out without any backstory. That's what annoyed us. But now that we have sure. that backstory, well, now we can look at that like a cold open. 
And yeah. uh, Mother Paddock does do some, actually all the Young Animal books, more or less I can think of, do something that uh, I know we both appreciate, and that's three-issue arcs. So yeah. whether the arcs are good or not, that's another story, but God, I'd <laughs> love to see those uh, shorter Shorter, arcs, tighter. Tighter arcs. arcs. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this, you know, and it really kept me intrigued, and I, I was left wishing we had gotten more. Not, not wishing we had gotten more because it was incomplete, but just that I wish we could spend more time here, you know, and for sure explore this, this weird dystopian world. It's, it's not, it's not the most unique idea, but it's really, it's well done. And I really enjoyed well it. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't mind exploring a little more of this and maybe we'll get the opportunity. Like we said, last episode, uh, Gerard way did send a, uh, Love letter. Nebulous note. Some, yeah. some note about, you know, Doom Patrol number 12, which has been solicited now, folks. So, but we know, <laughs> we know how much that, that plus 350 will get you a cup of coffee in, in this mm-hmm. world. So, uh, and also plans for future Doom Patrol, whatever the heck. So, I don't know what, what that means for any, any other titles in the Young Animal line, but. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing more of this. That's all. That's really all I have to say. I, you know, wherever it is, they want to make it a DC thing, uh, its own graphic novel. I, I'd do that sure. too. Sure, that's fine. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, what would you give this one on the site? I gave it a uh, strong eight out of ten. Wow, that's the highest score I think in Young Animal in a long time. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Definitely on Mother Panic, without a doubt. Um, yeah, I think I'd be right there with you. I was thinking eight, eight, five, even maybe, you know, sure. bring how enthusiastic I'm feeling at that minute, but, uh, right in there, very strong, uh, really good series. Uh, I really wish we could have gotten 12 out of this one. This and cave, uh, yeah. are, are two that I just wish we could have gotten what was, what we think was intended from the beginning. Uh, for sure. Cause we are really making conjecture but i'm telling you where what was that was that was that this book where the villain's lair was right next to the hero's lair basically and it was like yeah, oh the, that was uh, nice. yeah jason todd's office is right. right next to the collective that's office. right yeah that's right <laughs> hey you know that's they're all the same zip code you know sure. it was cheap real estate for everybody Gotham ain't that huge, right? <laughs> so yeah there are a lot of conveniences that obviously i, I that we feel like happened because of that but uh, it was cool. We dug it. And that does now end the Young Animal imprint as we know it. The pop-up boutique imprint. I don't know what those words mean, by the way. I have no idea what that is. Me either. No. But uh, so <laughs> uh, next week we're going to come back with what will probably be our final Young Animal episode, um, yep. at least regular uh, recurring. And we'll uh, wrap up the whole Young Animal shebang, our thoughts about it, how it has done to this point, and uh, maybe we'll uh, speculate on, on what Gerard Way's weird mind was thinking of when he wrote that uh, nebulous <laughs> note you talked about. Yep. Uh, and that'll be that for that, but we will come back to the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast to talk about the Sandman universe of books, which I think actually starts in two weeks. So the, I don't think it's we'll September, get any. Yeah. Breaks at all, Chris. <laughs> we you. might not. I think we're going right into the Sandman universe right after Young Animals. So. Uh, no rest for the wicked. I think that's all we got from this week. Chris, got anything else for him? Nope, that'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. First thing I remember was asking Papa why. Oh, there were many things I didn't know. And Daddy always smiled. Took me by the hand
Final episode of the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this will be the last time we're going to talk about the uh, pop-up boutique imprint. Vanity imprint. Vanity. Wavian, Gerard Wavian imprint uh, of Young Animal. There is uh, supposed to be... Issue 12 of Doom Patrol in uh, November. But Halloween, yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. You're right. Halloween Day is the day that it comes out. And then uh, Gerard Way did leave a kind of a cryptic note about future things that might happen with these books. But uh, we're not hanging our hat on that. We pretty much feel like no. this is the end. You know, this is, we have <laughs> completed our tour of duty. And, you know, you know, that Doom Patrol, we'll deal with future issues when they come out. Sure. Uh, as they come out, if they come out. But uh, <laughs> we, we just wanted to uh, wrap it up and uh, give us some thoughts and some numbers on uh, how this whole thing finished up. So what do we have to tell them, Chris? Yeah, well, before we get into the numbers, uh, we're going to do a little bit from an interview that Gerard Way did with Vox.com very early on in the Young Animal run, probably before all four books were even on shelves. Right. Uh, it looks like maybe it was just Doom Patrol and Shade at this point. It was a... Uh, Way back in October 13th, 2016. In it, Vox says, Young Animal, what's been the biggest challenge for you from concept to getting it up and running? And Gerard responded, Comics are really fucking hard. To put it in perspective, when I get to make music, that's like a vacation compared to comics. Maybe that's the nature of who I am. Music seems to come pretty naturally. I make myself nuts and I push myself super hard and I went crazy a couple of times making albums, but it's not even close to how hard comics are. Hmm, maybe it's a difference in passion <laughs> levels. I don't Possibly. know. Possibly. <laughs> uh, well, uh, then Vox would say, what is it specifically? Art? Writing for the art? It's a grind, man. You have to get yourself in the right headspace. Then you have to keep it, and there's times you're just sitting there and you're like, I don't know what fucking happens. You just have to, you have to just figure it out. You're also on a crazy schedule. He's talking about artist Nick Darrington drawing his ass off on Doom Patrol. So I've got to make sure he has pages when he's done so we stay on time. It's just chaos. It's fucking chaos. Well, this was certainly evident in Doom Patrol's release schedule since, I mean, as we sit here now, they were only able to get 11 issues out in just around two years. Yeah, I don't think he got all those pages to uh, Darrington in time, it sounds like, as we uh, wore on here. The the check and the pages are in the mail. You know, but I'll tell you something. You don't need to approach a story as if, you know, know, wondering what happens next. You can actually come up with that beforehand. And then... Especially when you just, like, flip through old Doom Patrol trades that Grant Morrison wrote and just sure. stick your finger on one of the panels like, oh, okay, Brotherhood of Dada, this that's is, where we're going. This is what happens next, you know, mm-hmm. then, and then Red Jack is next or whatever. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that quote, that little bit there really struck us as kind of telling yeah. uh, definitely kind of what happened with this imprint and maybe why it, it declined. Uh, definitely, I think, says a lot for the Doom Patrol series in itself. 
Sure. But anyway, so picking up from the halftime report, we did when all the Volume 2 issues reached their third. And at that time, if you recall, is when we found out that they were going to have no more than six apiece. Yeah. Uh, and we thought, rightfully, I think, uh, the reason <laughs> for that had to do with these numbers. So just a little recap, like I said, uh, Eternity Girl, that, that was already, that was planned to be six issues from the outset. That was the only one that we knew Right away from Solicits, that was yeah. only that was a six issue mini. That was by Magdalene Visaggio and Sonny Liu. Uh, number one shipped sixteen thousand two hundred seventy seven. Two shipped eight thousand two hundred one, which is actually what you would expect, right? Yeah. About a, a half of half of an attrition. Yeah. The first, yeah, from yeah. the first one. Uh, but then, boy, it slips. So number three mm-hmm. shipped six thousand seven hundred forty three. Four shipped five thousand nine hundred eight. Five shipped 5,516, and I would bet you six is going to do around five flat. If you, I was going to say five or maybe even under. Maybe even a little bit under. You know, six is always, you know, at the end, it's always kind of tough to get. Because then by then, people might might be thinking, I'll get the trade, you know? Sure, Uh, sure. So, I mean, this is not going to be the craziest one that we see, I don't think, but those are some low numbers, boy. Yeah, maybe maybe if and when Doom Patrol number twelve comes out, we'll we'll tackle the sixth issues uh, yeah. sales figures because those aren't out yet. <laughs> it's true, yeah, we're, we're, we haven't gotten them yet, but yeah, that might be interesting to know where it all ended. You know, especially compared ended, yeah. to like five and one or something. Certainly. Um, we move on to Shade the Changing Woman, where, uh, where I know I got mad at the madness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one dipped pretty low uh, on the quality meter for me. Uh, this one was by the same creative team as the first volume, Cecil Castellucci and Marley Zarcone. The first issue shipped 12,705. Second issue shipped 7,949, mm. and that's where we left off at our halftime report. But since then, three dropped another 1,000 uh, to 6,900. Four went down to 6,145 copies, and then number five ended up shipping 5,752 copies. So just a little, uh, just a hair higher than uh, than Eternity Girl. Yeah, the way it finished, but it was it was burping out it was, a thousand copies oh, yeah. pretty much every month, you know, just uh, losing. Sure. So, the, to me, that that's always well, it seems more telling to me would the would be the the percentage that that these books shed because sometimes. They they settle at a point, and you're like, oh, there there are actually six thousand people that care. But if they just keep, I mean, from these numbers, I would say if we let these go to twelve by twelve, you would start seeing numbers in the in the double digits. You know what yeah. I mean? Literally, it would be like yeah, oh yeah, copies. <laughs> sure, I, I mean, because uh, you got to wonder how many of these are actually going home with customers too, because well, these are just yeah. the ships. And, oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's all we can work on. I would think, man, who knows, Chris? I mean. Wheels within wheels, right? I don't think any of these sure. were incentivized. I don't think anyone was artificially ordering them to get the uh, Scotty Young, you know, Captain Baby America, cover. whatever the hell it is. But uh, I, I think that this number, if for this imprint, you know, these we are coming close to a sales number. Inaccurate, you know. Yeah. But again, we really have no way to to know. We are working on ship. That's all we get. But as far as what the company thinks, that are those are sales. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're, they don't care where they go. Coming back, you can do whatever you want with them. Uh, so yeah, the uh, third one, which is something that we were kind of looking forward to at the beginning of the second uh, volume, Cave Carson has an interstellar eye. Turned out to be the tail with no stakes. This was mm-hmm. by John Rivera and Michael Avon Oming. Number one ship that what I thought was a very uh, pathetic for this series, eleven thousand six fifty nine. 
for a number uh, one for sure for a number one you know really i mean i was like wow that is really lean uh number two did what you think based on number one seven thousand five forty uh and this one didn't really tumble as rapidly uh number three did six thousand three hundred eighty seven uh four did uh five thousand six hundred and two and five shipped five thousand two hundred thirty seven that suggests to me there's something around five thousand ish people that really want to read it yeah. Right. That would that would be because it's it's not plummeting at a crazy rate here, but it, it definitely came down to pathetic numbers. Yeah. Sure. And then uh, we wrap out the line with Mother Panic Gotham AD, a volume that made uh, you and I eat a little bit of crow. Oh yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> we were not looking forward to it. We didn't like this one out of the gate, but it has improved with every month. It seems. Yeah. Um, this one is by Jody Hauser and Ibrahim Mustafa. First issue shipped fourteen thousand forty-seven copies. Number two shipped 8,053 copies. And then after the announcement that it was only going six issues, it tumbled a little bit. Uh, yeah. Issue number three shipped 6,801 copies. Number four shipped 6,055 copies. And five shipped 5,635 copies, which it's not the strongest number no. five, but it's uh, it's up there with it, uh, with shade. It uh, but it shows a lot of retention. Also, the the, the yeah. split from one to two is a lot higher, fourteen to eight. You know, that's it's like yeah. I would expect Less it to be more 50, like yeah. six and seven. Uh, yeah, so that that this one I think actually did turn some heads. It turned our heads. Um, yeah. And I'll be honest with this book in particular, although it's something we could criticize, I think the whole imprint about is it was lack of publicity for these books. And and this sure. book, I would have definitely positioned this as like alternate Batman's. You know what I mean? Alternate Gotham yeah. City. You like Gotham City? Here's a different. You know what I mean? Like, reach out a little bit. You know, try to try to reach over. I mean, Chris, it's it's. It's fucking Batman, for God's sake. You know what I mean? This is like, you know, exactly. this, this is the layup character. This is the one you're supposed to, you know, put all this your... Is the cheat. Yeah, the cheat character. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that... And I have to say, the turnaround for us on Mother Panic was... Uh, really, it, it kind of left me with a positive feeling, in a way, overall. Maybe not for these comics, but for comics in general. That uh, you don't know until you until you look at something. You really don't. Sure. Um, sure. You can judge it by its solicit. You can judge it by its flipping through it. But until you look at it, you don't know what you got. This still wouldn't be, uh, you know, my top comic. Maybe I, I really couldn't tell you, but you know, probably not of the year. But mm. I would say if you're if you're a Batman fan, if you're a Gotham Central fan, it's solid. You, you might like something like this, yeah. this volume. Uh, if anything, I wish this was expanded and we got a little more of it. But before sure. we eviscerate him anymore, I've, I've already <laughs> criticized this thing. What, how, what, what are some positives from your takeaway with your overall time, going back even to the first volume with Young Animal? Um, you know, a lot of it, a lot of the positives are with Mother Panic um, because they did because uh, they did the world building, and I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. It showed, mm. it showed that like you know, there was there used to be you know X Men Unlimited was like the quarterly book where like all of the stock stories would go and you could tell everything was an afterthought. And, uh, when we looked at the first mother panic and a lot of the other young animal stuff, it, it besides doom patrol, it felt a lot like that. Like mm. they were just, they were just the dressing around doom patrol, you know, it's yeah. like we need, or Gerard wants just, this, we so need a weird do... world. Let's make yeah. weird stories. And it's like the, 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 the tying together was not as important as it was just to be strange. Would, yes, would you say that's yeah, what it, you mean? Yeah. 
yeah, it's just like let's share weirdness and uh, and Mother Panic actually broke out of the pack and started to build this world and uh, we built this character and in like you could read Gotham AD as issues 13 through uh, 18 mm-hmm. of the first volume and and you're not missing a beat where with the other ones it was a bit different but uh, that is uh, probably my strongest takeaway. Um, but I, that's really kind of it. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I, I feel bad for the characters. I feel bad for the creators. I feel bad for the people who chose to review these books because they're <laughs> <Maybe> us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm, I was looking around when when I when I started pulling our segments to uh, put elsewhere. Yeah. It's uh, I'm looking for other people who did what we did, and I can't find anybody. Yeah, I know. I it, think we're the we might be the only people on the internet who did every single issue of Young Animal we, uh, and so discussed it and analyzed it. We became the yeah, we became the weird like Young Animal authority, and yeah, <laughs> we have read every single issue, uh, like your Milk Wars, everything they did. Uh, bug, <laughs> bug, every issue of Bug. That's right. Even the all red Doom Patrol. There was lots, so much stuff mm-hmm. that that we we've gone through. So uh, we have become de facto experts on this line. <laughs> Of comics, which because everybody else took a step back. They were just like, oh, forget. They were smart enough to be like, oh, screw this. Like, what? What the hell is this? No, forget it. I'll give it two issues Uh, and then I'm done. If you you remember the first volume, I felt like a lot of them ended pretty, pretty well. Uh, Cave ended pretty well. I think we walked away from Shade, kind of like lukewarm. Uh, Mother Mother Panic was growing on us, and Doom Patrol, Mm -hmm. which never really had a volume, uh, still wasn't like breaking my heart at that point. It, it made me feel like we were wasting time because it was just like, okay, we need to get an issue out. It's been six months, and it's like we get this generic yes. Doom Patrol story that's weird. Be- and I hate weird for weird's sake because it's such a cop-out uh, review or analysis of something. Yeah. But it, that's what it was. It was like, okay, well, in this one, you know, uh, you know, the uh, the chief will have a peg leg because, hey, it's weird. And he'll have an iPad. It's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, that, that all read one. I'm trying to remember what the heck happened in that, but it was like it was just – it was essentially ended where – where it began it was one of these like loops yeah. that that was not really a story and uh yep. that that's cheap especially when listen you know you can earn an issue like that of course down the line you know what i mean and uh i felt like that a lot with doom patrol that there were a lot of liberties taken and we kept saying that he hasn't earned this yet he hasn't yeah. earned the ability to just go left on a on the story like this you know what i mean or like absolutely like, just like change everything up like it, it reminds me i might have even said this during an episode i remember years and years ago i used to uh, be on the editorial staff for a, a rap magazine and we had a guy writing an editorial who was a, a rapper uh and uh he he sent in the first one was whatever it was you know what i think of rap and then the second mm-hmm. one was uh all play and no work makes whatever his name was, a dull boy, over and over again. And, like, that was, he basically didn't have the time, he was funny, and it's like, you can get away with that on your 50th one. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, 50th regular one. You yeah. can't, exactly. You, after hitting it and nailing it every one, you can phone one in. You mm-hmm. can't, on the second one, you don't do it. And uh, I wasn't, I was a kid, I wasn't part of it, but he was canned. Anyway, um, and that's kind of what Gerard Way reminds me of that, too, though. He wanted to do the, 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 the crazy stuff first and yep. it's like you need to you need to set the table first you need to get there mother panic is a great example because mother panic is a thing where the second volume is totally let you know she's in a new world and all the characters that yep. their relations have changed and and where they are but because we had the first volume we were like all right well at least we have some grounding of where they're supposed to be you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh 
just really can't say enough about that second volume. Uh, I got a, a couple of things I do like about this too is that, uh, except for Mother Panic, which did change, it went through a couple of iterations in the first volume. Uh, I like the fact that these pretty much maintain their creative teams throughout the whole thing. Even sure. the first and second second volumes were all totally intact. Uh, first volume pretty much all intact. I like. I mean. Cave and Shade, all the books have a really strong visual identity, and yeah. uh, they they kept to that, and that's something you don't see in mainstream comics, even when they do have three issue arcs. Uh, hello, New Age of, of Heroes, and the, it's like why are we why are we switching up artists on a three issue arc? You could you couldn't finish the third issue anyway, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're switching up uh, artists on an artist focused. Exactly. Yeah, that's the other. Thing. Whatever. That's that, for a different podcast that yes. we'll never do. But yeah, that's exactly the thing. Uh, this one had the same one, you know. And and like I think about that, you know, cave and shade, very strong visual identities. I don't think. You oh could, yeah, you know you them could, at a glance. You couldn't yeah. pass those off to anyone else. Uh, and the volume two issues never missed a month. Nope. Uh, and nope. overall, except for Doom Patrol, this never really missed. I think there were a couple of hiccups. Yeah, uh, Mother Panic missed one very early on, but other than that, I don't think any of them missed. I, I think, think they were all, and Bug, Bug did too. Bug did, that's right. But, yeah. but by that time, we cared so little. We were, we, we were no longer yeah. even mad about it. But some of them slipped within the month. I remember we had a couple of weeks doubled up. Remember sure, in the first sure. volume, but but not that's not bad at all. Uh, I got to hand it to them for that. And these, as I mm-hmm. understand it, uh, these were some greenish people to the business. A lot, not all of them, but some of them, and. Uh, I, you know, I gotta gotta sure. say thank you for that because that definitely helps to stay interested. See Doom Patrol for more reference, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the second in the second half, except for Eternity Girl, we did get the impression they were all coping with this information that they, suddenly their twelve issue arcs were now slashed yeah. in half. Uh, it was it, there was evidence in all of them of that. You know, I there's you can go back and listen to it. I think right away of the. Uh, Mother Panic, like that whole gala story, just kind of gets shoved off, kicked to the side. It's Jason like, all right, here's yep. Jason Todd now, you know, and it's like, <laughs> they all did it, though. Cave, it was like, he was off doing something, suddenly it's like, now we're going to go to the end of the universe and hang out yep. with Adam Starr again. Why not? <laughs> you know, and, and Shade had her, uh, her backups were all like the next issue, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The backups all changed. They all became relevant to the actual issue. Yep. <laughs> and like, the, her whole thing in the madness never really made sense, you know. I mean, yeah. Shade is something that kind of pissed us off at the end, but did, there's yeah. part of me that that wondered that would really still like to know what the full, the original, you know what intent, I mean, the director's yeah. cut would be on that because it's it's you know we we can only review and look at what we're given, but you know what was the intention sure. would be interesting to know. Uh, negatives we've kind of been picking apart at it. Um, yeah. The story, I don't. I feel like for a lot of these things, uh, they had whether they had twelve issues or six issues, they didn't have that much story to fill that amount. Uh, no, they didn't. I worry about some of the, you know stuff like Shade. If it had twelve issues, would it have been two issues of her like picking her nose. Like what would have happened <laughs> uh, before before the announcement? I mean, she was just like lollygagging around in the madness, yeah. uh, talking po- purple prose and poetry. It's like how many more issues of that would we have gotten? Yeah, if uh, if they weren't truncated. I almost so wish maybe she got. They got the, the information sooner. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah, like after the first issue. Yeah, yeah, we would have been able to do. You know, had a little more tightened story. Uh, and I did the same thing for Cave too. While I I have a something I do like a you know monster of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the impression that was just that was just a book with no point. And in the end, you know, Cave's martyrdom was not 
a martyrdom. He came back younger and healthier than before. It was like well, two panels later. Yeah. What the hell? You know what I mean? Uh, I don't, I don't, again, I don't think it was supposed to be that way, but that's what we got. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess it, I mean this whole thing left me kind of deflated, really. Um, you know, books that I was so hyped for in the beginning, I virtually despise that some in some ways now. <laughs> I you know, Doom Patrol it's like I never thought I'd feel this way about a volume of Doom Patrol where I'm like, sure. gosh, I think I might hate this more than Burn. Just for <laughs> the just, yeah. just for the memory of it. And like it did it got so bullshitty at the end. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like like it, it started with a kind of cool like, all right, we got some new characters and like Danny the ambulance, but then it was just so like so its head was up its ass. Really its head was up Grand Morrison's ass so yeah. far. Uh it just really turned me off to it, and uh, you know the fun got sucked out of it. You know there was some. I'm I'm really thinking about more and more of it, and I'm just getting angrier and angrier. So, well, 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 give me give me some of your negativity. Uh, we we talked about the Piranha Press a long time ago. Um, yeah. On this show, actually, it was before we broke off. We That's did right. that bit on Piranha Press where it came, we came to the conclusion that it was like an imprint without an identity. You know, yeah. because it was in between things. It wasn't like because like Vertigo started and so right. it became irrelevant. Right. And with Young Animal, we've got the announcement that Vertigo is getting its new deal. We have the Sandman universe, which is tangentially Vertigo. Right. And we have this black label bullshit, which is a. Uh, the adults. I guess so. It's like dark, what? dark titty versions of uh, exactly. comics or whatever. Yeah, which we which we've been begging for for years. Uh, I could have. I'm like yes. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, what was the point of Young Animal? Uh, besides being like the adolescent version of that. Yeah. But like with Mother Panic, our main complaint about that was the just the cursing for no reason. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned in my last review, if if Violet were to say "damn it," it would have so much more oomph than her Big saying time. "eff it." Yeah. Because it's just like, okay, that's that's frustration. That's not. Let me show you how edgy I am. Yeah. Well, and uh, so, you know, I don't give a fuck is a lot different than I don't give a you know. Yeah. Explosive, or, <laughs> or you know what I mean, like yeah. you know, or use the symbols. You know, yeah. I, I really think it would have a lot more impact with that. Sure. Uh, but it's that that. I like I don't know what the purpose of this uh, line was, or if, or if maybe these other pop-up boutique vanity hoi polloi imprints weren't even in the ether yet. I, I still feel it's like a, a huge disservice to these books and yeah. uh, to the to this book's audiences and uh, this book's poor reviewers to uh, to turn it into the afterthought that it was in to, it, rather than. Push it as its own thing. Now we have these other imprints usurping its purpose. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we want to keep Gerard Way happy for whatever reason, even though his loyalties with his own stuff. I don't really, you know, I mean, like, I don't, well, you think this guy, you know, like people were trying to snap him up left and right, like let him out. Right? What the hell is the big? Yeah. Thing? What the fuck, you know what <laughs> let, I mean? Let, let him put an X Men book six yeah, months late. You know, put your money into Tom Taylor and let Gerard Way do what the hell Gerard Way wants to do. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, that, that's really, you know, that's really how I feel about it. But I think I think you are exactly right uh, that this was it's like an in between imprint. It's like an imprint that. Yeah. Just sort of they threw out there like see what happens And you know I do remember Dan DiDio saying In some interview that you know they had Tried Young Animal and they liked the results And now they were going to give they gave everyone an imprint Now Bendis has one and Jeff Johns Has his and uh, yep. Forgetting others, you know, Neil gave the Sandman one, uh, and I think you're going to see more and more of that as they go forward. I think that's that's a structure that works for them internally for some boring reason that we don't fully know, yeah. but I bet it has to do with accounting and you know where money is allocated and kind of 
annoying things like this. Uh, and I think on that level, it worked very well for DC Comics, and they're going to keep doing it. But this thing, this was the experiment, and unfortunately, it was not fully fleshed out, fleshed, obviously, yeah. either in story or in just what they structure. wanted to do, yeah. structure, what they wanted to be. And then, like, uh, again, I go back to publicity. Uh, publicity vanished for this thing in the second volume, and I understand they, were, they were up against low, some low numbers, but I'm talking, like, Basic shit, house ads, you know what I mean? Like, even. I, I mean, we're getting all these damn house ads for, like, oh, here's Harley Quinn and that Harry Looney Tunes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, put, <laughs> like, nobody gives a shit about. Yeah. And nobody's going to buy, but DC is still going to bully retailers into carrying it. But uh, it's like, why not push, you know, the book that's in Gotham City? Right. Uh, that, that, it just seems like a real missed opportunity. Uh, little, I'm talking social media stuff. I'm not talking what they should have sure. built a billboard. I'm, I'm talking, oh, easy, yeah. Somebody should have made it their their thing to try to nose up the mother panic numbers, but that's not what happened. And uh, you know, at a certain point, you do have to kind of cut the cord, I guess, and say exactly. this doesn't work, and we need to move on. So, I think we've moved on, Chris. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, don't know. Yeah. I don't know if Gerard Way has moved on, but we have pretty well moved on from. Uh, Young Animal, and uh, next week, actually, we do have uh, issue one of The Dreaming. Yes. So we will begin our uh, new Sandman imprint, which is a Vertigo imprint. You're right. It's, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's not a, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, so it's, an imp- it's a sub-imprint of another imprint. It really reminds me of rap record labels of the 90s, you know? It was like, anybody, <laughs> anybody can get a sub-imprint, and you can get a sub-imprint of that imprint, you Your know? labels, yep. And then go, going up the, up the scale, everybody takes a piece of the money is how that works. So <laughs> uh, I think that's essentially what we're seeing going on here. Uh, they're just yeah. di- diversifying and getting, you know, little bits of money from every uh, demographic they can possibly put their thumb on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we said, supposedly Doom Patrol 12, Gerard Way and Dan McKidade out October 31st. But uh, we will believe that when we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all we got for him forever on this topic, Chris. Uh, <laughs> you got anything else for him? Uh, it's just the, the, this, this imprint ended the way that I was afraid it was going to start. Yeah. Um, I, I, when, I, when we first saw the titles that were part of this, it was like I thought it was going to be too clever by half. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, like we have the, the changing girl and a cybernetic eye as part of the title. Right. Uh, you know, I initially was rolling my eyes and I was pleasantly surprised at the outset. And here we are ending it where I'm rolling my eyes again. Right. So it's, it's, it's so, like I say, you, you got to live deflating. it. Yep. You have to, but it just goes to show you have to look at the comics or whatever it is sure. before you can really make your full assessment. And you might say it's not worth it. And I wouldn't disagree with you, but then don't make an assessment if you have not done the, done the work, but sure. ex- that you're exactly right. We started this thing and uh, you know, I was constantly trying to pull you back from, you know, <laughs> worrying about the motives the of the people. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, but by the end, it just got so, you know, acute and, like, in love with itself, except for Mother Panic. Except for so, Mother Panic. So uh, there you go. Live and learn, folks. That's all. I'm glad <laughs> that in our old age, Chris, we can still, you know, change. People and change our minds. Exactly. Yes. It can still happen. So that, that should uh, elevate people for the uh, rest <laughs> of the episode. And... Uh, I know this one's a Patreon episode, so hello to all the Patreon supporters. Hey, hey. And, uh, we'll be back next week with uh, The Dreaming. So until that next time, or until never time, I want you to keep it <laughs> young and dreaminalistic. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>
Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on what? Weird Side. That's right, WeirdSideDCComics.com <laughs> podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one, the final book ever from the Young Animal imprinted, actually came out, landed in our hands, and we read it. It is Doom Patrol number 12 by Gerard Wade, Nick Derrington, Jeremy Lambert, Dan McDade, and Tamara Bonvillain. Mm, but before we get into it, I do want to reread the solicit just so we know. Maybe it'll catch us up. Right, sure. Yeah, this will get us up to speed of what we should be expecting here. Yes, this will prepare us for what we're in for here. We have Doom Patrol 12, written by Gerard Way, art by Nick Darrington and Dan McDade. All right. We got that. That's mm. good. Covered by Darrington. Cool. Sure. Variant covered by whatever a beeple is. Uh, sure. <laughs> and <laughs> the solicit goes as follows Something normal is happening to the Doom Patrol. Which means not weird, since their own normal is very weird. There are mysterious forces at work, unseen hands rewriting history, and the change is so gradual, the team doesn't even necessarily see how much they're changing. Hmm. Well, Well, and that um, that is the solicit for October 31st, too. That isn't one of the many earlier solicits and resolicits that happened earlier in the year. So, uh... Let's start off. What happened? I'm looking forward to see what happened. How they're all normal. Oh, gonna well, you're gonna really cool. The Doom Patrol content in this comic is gonna blow you away, Chris. Oh, great! Uh, Can't wait. It starts out with a quote that says, "Some stories have beginnings and endings. This story has neither." And that is one of the truest opening captions ever written. Actually, could apply almost to the entire Doom Patrol series. Yes. Now, uh, you might not remember the Reynolds family. This was Sam, the EMT that once worked with Casey Brink. All the way from the very first issue. Who's Casey uh, Brink? Yeah, right. So that was <laughs> remember that was the main character in the other Doom in the Doom Patrol series. Uh, the uh, his once estranged wife who escaped that cult of crazy Jane. That was that thing that all happened in one issue. Remember issue yep. five? Issue I think five or six. I think yeah. I, one of those. I think the six was the all red one. That that's uh, right. So it was five. It's the whole story happened in five. She was in this cult trapped in crazy Jane's head and got out. And then their son Lucius, who we actually saw probably most of all throughout the series, like I think so. Yeah, little bits that we didn't know what what they meant at you know at first. Uh, he's the a uh, kid that likes heavy metal music and he dabbles in the occult. So that's the, that's the Reynolds family. Now Lucius joined up with the Brotherhood of Nada for one issue. I think that was issue ten or nine. Mm. Uh, but thanks to the pure love of his parents, or something happened. I don't remember. He renounced his <laughs> membership, and then a squirrel with red bat wings showed up and sent the whole family to the demonscape. This this is stuff that already happened. This was issues like. 10 and, 10 and 11, something like that, 9, 10, and 11. Uh, we don't blame you for not remembering this. It was many, many months ago, and it was kind of an ancillary small scene. Uh, you have right here, we, this happened in Doom Patrol number 10, which went on sale January 24, 2018. So, like a year ago almost. Right. So if you, don't, if you didn't remember that, don't worry. It's, it's, it's not on we, you. We yeah. don't blame you. <laughs> so this, this issue deals with what happened to them 
after they popped out of existence. Uh, it's narrated partly by some kind of shaman in a ceremonial mask with a mane of hair around it. And uh, the story is the chronicle of Una Calm. Hmm. The Demonscape looks pretty wild. It's got a pink sky, yellow clouds, craggy, kind of crazy cat-style landscape here. Uh, a dragon flies overhead, uh, breathing fire, and in the distance, there's a glowing green light within a pointy mountain. This squirrel uh, tells the Reynolds that it's the lair of Margoth the Unliving where they are headed. Lucius asks why they didn't just drop a portal right next to the lair. And the squirrel replies that he can't get that close because it's uh, more difficult to fly than he might think. Yeah. Yeah, they head toward the uh, Forest of Sorrowful Webs. Uh, This is where the Reynolds family finds some wounded dwarves. But it's a trap! Whoa! Some orcs emerge from the woods and then address the Reynolds, and they call Lucius Lucius the Throneless. Lucius is surprised that they know him, and they call him a junk mage. Now... I just want to. I just want to cut in for you know. I don't, we're we're, see, we're getting a lot of concepts here, right? The forest mm-hmm. of sorrowful webs. Lucius sure. the throneless. We're, you know, we're getting a lot of information. Let's see what what it all comes. Let's just hold hold all this information, and then at the end we will we will reconvene and see what we've learned about the Reynolds family and the Demonscape. Excellent. Uh, by reciting uh, Lucius, by reciting his favorite heavy metal lyrics, he casts a fire spell. The squirrel's impressed that he knows the ancient te- texts, and that's essentially his magic for the rest of the issue, uh, is to keep reciting heavy metal lyrics and uh, blasting magic out of his hands. Uh, while Sam attends to a fallen dwarf, Valerie picks up another dead dwarf's bow. She recalls learning archery at Camp Eagle Beak in 1993, so she shoots an orc that's threatening her hus- husband right in the forehead. So, hey. nice job. And then the orcs flee. The Reynolds, now dressed in proper adventurer's clothing, they head into uh, the Dwarfen village. And while there, they upgrade their weapons. Uh, Valerie gets herself a sweet and much more ornate bow. The Bow of the Wandering Fury. Lucius gets a magic staff with a big yellow orb at one end. The Staff of Arcane Power. Sam wants to take only the shield part of a sword and shield set. Shield of Forgiving Might. Now... It's time to do a little dungeon crawling. Tombs of the Shattered Keep. No one cares. All right, all right. Uh, so, so they go a fighting monsters. When a giant cyclops grabs Lucius and Valerie, she tells Sam to use his karate. Oh. Uh, he says he can't do that because his class is healer now. Uh, but apparently, at one time, he was. We're assuming a karate expert? Yeah, we, we could not remember that being a fact of his. Uh, we remember him getting into one big fight. Um, yeah, with the blockheads or whatever. With, the, with those blockheaded the alien like minion guys that were collecting the uh, people from Danny. Don't remember it being karate-filled. Seem to recall that he got taken down, but it was. There taken were a out, lot of yeah. Them. But uh, whatever. We'll, that's, we'll go with we're it. We're learning a lot about the Reynolds family here in this one <laughs> weird issue. Uh, the Reynolds are caught and they're held in a suspended cage, and there the menfolk feel sorry for themselves. But Mom tells them to knock it off. Lucius picks the lock to the cage and the family spills out, but luckily the Cyclops was sleeping, so they just walk away. Uh, out in the open, they're a little closer to Margoth. Not close enough. Before them, a great conflict wages. Sorry, it's Margoth's monstrous evil forces are killing everyone else. Uh, Lucius says, screw this, it's time for us to fly, but first, and this just seems to, I don't know where this came from, the family makes a bunch of statues made of stone, 
They're like golems, and Lucius animates them, and they wade into the bloodbath below. And then the Reynolds family fly right into Margoth's lair. Okay. Mm, sure. <laughs> uh, the squirrel leads them to the top of a long, winding staircase, and there the family finds a giant beast wielding an even more oversized sword. Lucius says some words his grandmother used to say to him, uh, and they do not prove to be terribly effective. The monster throws a fireball at Lucius, but his father, Sam, takes the brunt of it. Lucius grabs one of his mom's arrows and throws some magic on it, and so she fires that arrow straight into the monster's chest. Turns out that doesn't bother him either. In fact, he laughs at it. Yeah. Uh, and now Sam is back in effect. The fire. He shook off the fireball. Uh, he activates his karate and kicks the monster and takes his giant sword, and then with that sword, Sam beheads that monster. Uh, the shaman from the beginning shows up and reveals themselves, and... It's Grandma, someone we've never oh. met, and I don't remember them ever even referring to before Mentioning, in, in yeah. the past. Uh, definitely not in any kind of uh, strong way that would that would have uh, stuck with us. Uh, seems she has a connection to Una Calm, whatever the hell that is, along with her grandson Lucius. Uh, it skipped a generation, though. That's why Sam doesn't have that same connection. Grandma says the Milk Wars are about to begin, and the Doom Patrol needs them. And this is where we do see the Doom Patrol. Chris, mm, in a little yes. vision, like a little screen created by the grandma. But let me squint. Let me squint. <laughs> that's right. Hey, that, that's the Doom Patrol. There they are. They're right there. Hey. Uh, so uh, she gives Lucius a new magical jacket, which is a denim vest with a bunch of patches all over it. This is literally the best part of the issue to me. The idea of this heavy metal jacket being the yeah. a magic jacket. And it's not even really like... It made, me, it made me think about what that jacket could be without, you know... What was shown beyond what was shown in the comic? Sure. Uh, then the Reynolds sans grandma hop into another portal to engage in the Milk Wars, uh, the convenience portal, and then three panels later, they're back. Hey, and the Milk Wars did end a long time ago, and Very now nice. they begin their true journey into the Demonscape with Grandma in the lead. <sighs> yeah, but that's not all. No, uh, no. We do have uh, we do have some backup material. And uh, it's very, very, very important stuff. It's uh, RPG-style stats for the Reynolds family, in case you ever wanted to play as them. Uh, also, a fold-out map of the Demonscape. And most importantly, cutouts of all the characters that you, yes, you, could use as game pieces. Now, and while I'd recommend using a pair, like putting a pair of scissors against this book, <laughs> it might not be for that. No, no. Uh, also, they'd be really small, crappy pieces. There's like eight of them yeah. or seven of them down one side, right? It's like a, really not, not a great great no. use of space. Now, Chris, did you ever play Dungeons & Dragons? Have you ever played that or other RPG games? I, never never really tabletop. I can't sit still that long. Yeah, you've done you've done a lot of uh turn-based strategy games, I know though, on uh Sure, sure. I mean it's it's essentially the same type of thing, you know, if you think about it. But Yeah. I, I, I'm not I will not claim to be a D and D mass. I played many years ago for for about a year, and then here and there I've uh, played around. I've known a lot of people. Um so I you know, to me, being authentic to Dungeons and Dragons is not the most important part of this book. Shouldn't I just, I just want to say that. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to say that out right when I say this is one of the laziest pieces of shit I've read in <laughs> recent memory. I, you know, I why bother doing a parody of Dungeons and Dragons if you're not even going to fucking you're not going to stick the landing. You're not going to make the... <laughs> there's so many missed opportunities. You know, it's like, all right, so they, they go into the, the, the forest of sorrowful webs. Why? 
Why is it mm-hmm. called that? Where what where is the web? You expect to see a fucking spider. If it's not the forest <laughs> of sorrowful webs, then it's the it's the forest of wounded dwarves. You know, like this is how we write people. You know what I mean? This is how you write a story. You don't just pick words that are cool and be like, oh, that sounds cool. That's a cool sounding thing. But it's meaningless. It means nothing. What about these weapons that they get? The bow yeah. of the wandering fury. Why? Did it make her shoot better? What is it doing? The staff of arcane power. That turned out to be useless against the final monster. Sure. What is? What are these things? And it's like, you, you haven't earned the right to yeah. allude to a larger story when you haven't, when you didn't even write the initial story for Doom Patrol in, mm-hmm. in a way that was satisfying. It, it was absolutely infuriating and frustrating. Uh, and this is me talking about this issue just by itself because it can sure. be taken that way. And I'll say that for it. You could actually pick this issue up and read it by itself, pretty much. They're, you know, as a matter of fact, I think they should have cut out, as you probably do too, the, any reference to Milk Wars, because what the hell's the point? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. They, that's, they sh- that's a year ago. They should have just I'm, gone right from, you know. The final issues of the last season of, uh, of Young Animal came out in November of last year, where it was coming soon, Milk Wars. Right. So, I mean, we're a year removed from this. Why? And then Milk Wars Why happened in March, it? right? Something like that? February. February. So, <laughs> <laughs> why are we talking about this? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, yeah. it's, the connectivity to that is nothing. And frankly, I don't even remember the Reynolds family being involved. They might have been. Uh, I, I don't remember it either. They weren't. They, I don't think they were in those three middle issues. They might have been in the bookends, but I can't remember specifically. I can't think of them now. I don't know. I'm even thinking of that last, remember the last page of the, of the second Oh, with everybody? Uh, when it's everybody, yeah, and that's where we see Rita Fars back in the group. Uh, I don't remember them being there either, but oh. I could have missed it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's, uh, that sure, we're sure. infallible about this. Um, <laughs> and I don't even mind, you know, seeing the story for this family is not a bad idea. However... This is just more of the total mishandling of this book because what they could have done is seeded in, in these little facts about the Reynolds family in the narrative of the Doom Patrol. We could have known that sure. Sam is a karate, a, a lapsed karate master. We could have known that Valerie has a penchant for archery. Instead of them just dropping it on us here, like, yeah. oh, here's some, here's some convenient facts. We could have had a whole thing. They could have been always talking about you know, you got to do what grandma, do. remember what grandma said or whatever. Yeah. I didn't even know they had a grandma. Or why would you give a <laughs> shit about him, her? You know, it all happened in this issue, and it's the fucking laziest shit, Chris. Okay, I'll give. I'll it pause is. so you can speak for a second. <laughs> the, the is, this issue, I mean, the last time we got an issue of Doom Patrol was, what, June? Maybe I, June? May, May, May or June. May? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Maybe it was. This is this is bullshit. This shouldn't. This shouldn't be this. And that issue that we got ended with also a lead into Milk Wars. To Milk Wars. That that was the way that ended. Yeah, there's so much I want to say, but at the same time, it's just like it's going to be very repetitive because, like I was thinking here, it's like maybe if we would have seen some karate trophies at Sam's house or something, just any any little tidbits here, but just. Uh, it it all goes back to just being lazy, and maybe maybe Gerard just saw Stranger Things and thought that hey, the kids like references to Dungeons and Dragons, so here's some. There's also I, there's been a couple other parodies, and I th- I really think that has something to do with it. And I remember him saying, "Oh, it's such trash." In, in an interview that they were doing heavy research into the manuals and stuff, and that's something else. I like again, 
then he did it wrong because this is the closest he came to making this feel like a D&D game was that they ran into a trap. I'd it's say like, that was oh, it. Okay, yeah. maybe a dungeon master is there, you know, but everything else it's just a generic fantasy story with upgrades. And, it's like what? And not even garbage. a good one at that. No, you know, no, it's, it's very, like very weak. The whole Gollum creating thing after he already announces that we're going to fly to the, the Margoth <laughs> keep like why do you why do you even do that? I don't understand. Yeah. That was nice of you, I guess, you know, but like why is that even happening? Because you had to fill out two more pages, that's why. That's it. Uh and that's and it. going into filling out pages even in the back matter and again, I'm not like defending D&D to the hilt, but those stats are just so lazy. Like there could be so there could be more. Those stat sheets on D and D characters are huge. They're tremendous. Oh yeah. You couldn't and fill the out possibilities full, are endless. You can't yeah. fill out a fill, fill out a full fucking stat sheet. You looked you were supposed to be doing all this hard research. You know, <laughs> you didn't come across a stat sheet, you asshole. And that map at the back is like something you'd see in a fantasy book. A, yeah. A player map and the reason why you would have, you know, player pieces has like spaces on it. You know what I mean? Like if you ever to put the a, pieces on, yeah, yeah. If, if you can, you can actually go. Now that I think about it, you can go online, uh, probably now, and look at all the fucking classic maps you ever see, and they're they're drawn in a looseish way because the story, you know, it's a narrative. It's a, it's a loose narrative, but yeah, you're telling uh, them as you play. But to to put that in the back, I was why why just put a blank page? You just, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's useless. What 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 am I playing with? I'm not even. What am I even doing with this? Uh, what a bunch of shit. It, it it's uh so. Taking this book, I really, I really did my best. We've we've talked about a lot of stuff here. When I reviewed this book for the site, when I picked a number for the site, I looked at it like I'm just going to take this book by itself. I'm going to pretend this is Doom Patrol one shot of one, and does it work internally? And it does work internally. It's just not very good, even in itself. It's just not a very good story. Uh, when you think about like recent image fantasies, you know they're just. This is better ways to tell a fantasy story, and this is not it. It's pretty lame. So on the site, I gave it a, uh, what did I give it, a 4 out of 10. Four. However, as a Doom Patrol <laughs> fan, having read the entire series, and this is supposed to be my gimme, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, our, let's get the gang back together. I give this whatever, as low as a number you can get out of 10, because fuck this book. Fuck mm-hmm. Gerard Way and the whole fucking, his whole bullshit with Doom Patrol. His outing on Doom Patrol was, as far as I'm concerned, a total and absolute failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he, he never had a plan to begin with. This proves it. This issue proves that he never had a plan for this family, except he was gonna, you know, do something cool with them. And then when the wacky. when yeah. the chips came, when it came down to the brass tacks, he had to make up shit about karate and all and all sorts, you know, be, you know, just mm-hmm. to make them remotely interesting. Uh, what do you think you would give it, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm looking at this like you said here as just a story on its own, and that it, it is incredibly lazy. It's very shallow, mm. um, and also. I don't give a shit about the Reynolds family. I don't care about yeah, them. Yeah, they, they really didn't make you There's, want to give a shit. Yeah. Why would I care about this family that we've seen sporadically over the course of several years now? Yeah. I mean, you could probably you we could probably fill what ten pages outside of the Crazy Jane thing with the Reynolds family. Why do I want to read a full blown story for four dollars? Right. About a a family I don't care about walking through a D and D world that I also don't care about. You know, With no promises of any follow-up. I think of times in the past they've done like Lois Lane one shots. There was one not like I don't know five years ago. It happens over time. 
that's a character that's earned one shots. You I was going mean? to say we care about Lois. We, we, we've been made to care about her, and she's been around. And like, I'm not trying to say you have to be around for decades. Like, she's been written in such a way that she's important to the story, and and sure, and the, she's important to the character. Vital. As far as yeah. as far as I'm concerned, Sam became irrelevant once Casey quit working for the fucking EMT. What you know what I mean? He, after that, two. he just kind of like poked around sometimes. Anyway, go. Sorry, go back to it, Chris. <laughs> but uh, it's this is just a such a comedy of errors here, and uh, a lot of it, and a lot of it is sour grapes. I, I think for both of us, it's uh, yeah. uh, we're not hiding that. But uh, a lot of the problem is. I don't want us to sound like we're entitled or anything, but uh, a little bit of transparency. I mean, we read on pur- we purposely read the solicit for this book, which said the Doom Patrol are normal. Right. Who wrote that solicit and why? <laughs> well, was there a story planned? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Right? What was happened? Reynolds. Where did this Reynolds family story come from in the one week that that solicit was current? Yeah, it's so, something changed gears rapidly. Yep. So, so did did Gerard just say like, screw that story? We're gonna tell, we're gonna write a whole nother story about people nobody cares about. Where did this come from? Was this supposed to be? Was this supposed to be like backups that were gonna sporadically come out throughout the next six issues of Doom Patrol? This was is, this. Yeah. Was this gonna be a? Was there a Doom Patrol? God forbid, a Doom Patrol annual on its way, and this was gonna be the second half of it? <laughs> because this just doesn't. There's no reason for this. No, just they, not. They didn't earn this, and and it's especially as a comeback issue. It's a, it's, a, it's a kick in the dick. Almost. Yeah, it's a kick in the dick. And we probably won't get another issue if we get another issue for another six months. Yeah, well, I don't want to see another issue from this <laughs> asshole the rest of my life. Uh, but just give me a number. We need a number here. Uh, 2.5. All right, fine. Uh, as far as as far as art goes, I didn't love it, but I did think that it, it could work. And this is, this is the kind of story it could work on. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, that was not my problem with with the issue. I'll tell you. No, the, the art was not the problem. Um, the art, art might be the the five hundredth problem if it is a problem to you. Yeah, I, exactly. It's uh, it's kind of thing. I bet you keep your eye on this artist. Uh, who the hell sure. is it? And he might see some better stuff coming in the future. <laughs> but um, I saw I uh, on the Weird Science Slack. I think it was Ruben. I'm I'm sorry if I'm if I'm naming the wrong person. Asked if we would cover. Future issues of Doom Patrol by Gerard Way. You have to. Uh, yeah, that was the. That was the. Well, I, I was gonna say no. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna. We're not gonna do because there's no way we could be uh, subject. Subject. Object, object, um, yeah. Object, yeah, we're always going to be angry as hell at this guy and this run. Um, it really, you know, Doom Patrol. Chris and I both really like the team and its full history. And oh, yeah. this is, has become a as far as a black mark on the whole thing. So uh, I, I learned Instagram a little while ago, and I posted my Doom Patrol collection, all every volume. I, I'm only missing like five single issues, you know. And it's like I posted everything there. It's like I, I this is a property that I that I care about. Yeah, you've invested it. You've invested money and time into. And the worst part is, is when Way was on, he wrote a pretty good Doom Patrol or a pretty good Grant Morrison version of Doom yeah, Patrol. Yeah, hey, issue three of that year, which I think was 2015 now, right? 2016. 2016, yeah. Uh, that like, was my issue of the year. Yeah. Uh, he had a good he had a good handle on it, and it looked like it sure. was going to be a lot of fun, and boy, it just fell apart. So many loose threads, so many things unaddressed. It just, oh, yeah. It's just, make, it's just a guy making shit up as he goes along, you know? And yeah. it's like, you couldn't, You this is supposed to be the book you were like, wanted to write your whole life, and you had no <laughs> damn plan for it. 
And uh, what's worse, he's uh, even though he could do it if he actually <laughs> devoted the time to do it, it's being held hostage now. Yeah. It's you know, it's like uh, I'm sure Keith Giffen's kicking around in DC. Throw him on the book. Just, just somebody. We liked his run a lot. That, that was a that lot was of a fun. great run. I mean, I, I would give anyone a chance. And one of the one of sure. my favorite things about Doom Patrol is that different, you know, creators have treated it so differently. You oh yeah, I mean? it's, it's not always uh, wacky Morrison ethereal stuff. There was that uh, Arcudi run we had all like it was a corporate corporate a satire corporate angle. And, yeah. Uh, you know, a burn kind of brought it into. I don't can't really explain what that was. <laughs> Copperberg kind of did an X Men riff. You know what I mean? Uh, they yeah. they each have their own flavors, and they're they're all cool in their own way. Uh, and and unfortunately, or whatever, wherever it's worth, we're gonna have we'll assess this Doom Patrol once it's all collected in in one sitting. Because that is how I consumed. You know, well, that's uh, that's Drake's. the problem. I think. Yeah. Is, uh, when we when we talk about I, we mentioned this. Uh, I was going to say not too long ago, but it was very, very long ago <laughs> on an earlier installment of uh, The Young Animal here. Uh, we mentioned that there was a writer that we didn't name, and I don't even remember who it was at this point, uh, who tweeted something about, like, eh, who cares about delays because in two years no one's going to care anyway because it's going to be in trade. Yeah, I think and it was Wade. realized that that's Mark such Wade. a – oh, God. Yeah, I believe it was. I, I'm not positive, but I think it was him, yeah. That, that, and we recognize, we recognize what a bullshit statement that is and what a disrespectful statement that was. Yeah. Uh, and such a wagon-circling, kind of passive-aggressive, just bullshit statement. Yeah. And, I mean, here we are, where we're, we're struggling to remember who the hell these people are. And when they were taken away, I, I we had to research when they were pulled into the Demonscape. We had to go through back issues of right. the series stuff. Remember when they did this? I didn't even bother. You had, Chris did that work, folks. He's <laughs> the one that found out that it was duped. I knew it was like one of the last, you know, had to be one of the last issues. Yeah, but looking uh, through old issues to find out when this story comes out, and uh, but when it's in trade, who's going to care? And that's uh, that's unfortunately the way. I it mean, is. What, what he said was he was like he was like the trade's the only thing that stands that that will matter in the end, and that is an incredibly bullshit way to look at it. Uh, and, and now in this age when everything gets made into a trade, well, of course, you know what I mean. That is yeah. that is the only thing that will last. But then, why are you wasting our fucking time with these single issues? They just put out trades. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, don't trade. bother. There was actually some recently. Uh, Brubaker and uh, Phillips, Sean Phillips, you know, they do all those uh -huh. war books. Yeah, they just yeah. They just did a book recently, which actually I wouldn't recommend to you personally, Chris, but hmm. uh, but they did one, something like that just recently where instead of doing single issues, they said, let's just put out a just an OGM. And I'd say it worked out very well. You know what I mean? Sure. Like if that's if that's works for you guys, that works for me. Uh, anyway, I don't want to see any more Doom Patrol from Gerard Way. <laughs> Fuck him. I'm glad that Nick Darrington has landed over on the uh, Walmart books with Bendis. That he's, he deserved it. Yeah. He, he deserves some high-profile work, and he does draw a mean, a different, very classic style, like almost a '30s, '40s style Batman. Uh, but it, I like I like the look of it a lot. And I like his artwork a lot. And yeah, he so was, he was unfortunately held hostage along with the property. Yeah. He really was. That guy for that Mr. Miracle thing, because they started doing right? covers for that. Otherwise, he would have been twiddling his thumbs. I, you know, you got sure. That's that's a whole other side of it. So anyway, folks, uh, <laughs> I hated this. I hated this series. Left a real bad taste in my mouth. But I don't know. Maybe come talk to me about it in a six months. Maybe I'll uh, have gotten over, get over the anger, <laughs> anger period into acceptance. I've passed long past denial. We'll have um, the young animal five year reunion. Right, exactly. <laughs> Bring Gerard on with us too. Be like, yeah, well, I heard your name was we'll, Jerry. We'll, we'll both wear our Hart Fisher t shirts. There you go. I was just thinking the exact same thing. Uh, remember him? 
Now, before we before we tie a bow on this, we do want to uh, follow up on something we uh, had started during our Young Animal post-mortem, where we were uh, discussing the very pitiful sales figures for yeah. the <laughs> for the second season, and uh, we will uh, we didn't have all of them at the time. I think we only had the first four or five. So we're it was we're we, gonna... had, we had five for all of them. Yeah, we were waiting on the six because it was that's right. We were in that month, you know, in that same month. So we're gonna go through the. Uh, the last couple, the last issue of each uh, of each series, and uh, see just how far it came. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Eternity Girl, that was the one. Magdalene Visaggio and Sunny Lou. This was the only one that was solicited again as a six issue, so it wasn't cut off in, in halfway through. Uh, number one had shipped sixteen thousand two seventy seven. Then down the line, five number five shipped. Uh, 5,516, but number six did 5,326, and you're going you're gonna to see that number. We're going to be hovering around those numbers here. Yes, uh, Shade the Changing Woman, Cecil Castellucci, and Marley Zarcone. First issue shipped 12,705 copies. Then we jump ahead a few months. Issue five shipped 5,752, and the final issue shipped 5,414. Uh, Cave Carson has an interstellar eye. That's John Rivera and Michael Avon Oming. Number one shipped 11,659. And then we go over to number five. That was 5,237. And ooh, number six was 4,865. That's probably the most valuable book in the run. I would bet it is. Yeah, exactly. It's so so limited uh, amount out there. Availability, yeah. Uh, The last uh, regular book, we have Mother Panic Gotham AD. That was uh, our strongest book of the season by uh, Jody Hauser and Ibrahim Mustafa. First issue shipped at 14,047. Then we jump ahead to issue five, which shipped 5,635. And then wrapped up with issue six, shipping 5,383. So right in that same ballpark. Yeah, uh, it tells me that, that obviously you'd have to, you know, we'd have to have a few more issues to see where it would settle you know, sure. totally. But we seem to be in that 5,000 5, range, range, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, that's something to think about. That's not a bad number for a smaller press, you know what I mean? Like, I know yeah. a lot of presses would love to push 5,000. Oh, they'd kill for it, <laughs> you yeah. know, so... Um, this just might, this is not a thing to be distributed by, uh, DC Comics. I just don't think it's worth their, their time and effort to even sure. have a staff working on it, you know? It's just too small, and, it, and it, it's too bad. Uh, I do want to say also, uh, that all those comics did hit their months. There were, oh, there, yeah, they, there were they no never delays except yeah, for, they never uh, in that season, except for, you know, the Doom Patrol was, was all messed up, so... Uh, there's that to say for him. Not a great thing. For fun, just wrap up with our latest info on Doom Patrol. That, of course, is Gerard Way and Nick Darrington. Numbers 10 shipped 15,504. That was in January 2018. Uh, that was the same month as the JLA Doom Patrol special number one that kicked off the Milk Wars. Yeah. And then number 11 that led into that event, okay, which shipped in April 2018. <laughs> Ah, shipped 12,937. So it had a nice dip, but I bet 12 12 will get back up to, you know, 15 to 18,000, I bet, just because it's been a while. Sure. And people will be uh, showing up for that. And it had a variant, although it wasn't BB, I don't think, whoever the hell that Beeple. Beeple? Yeah. Uh, Somebody else, but whatever. But I wonder if if people do come back because, you know, that whole absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. I wonder how many of them are going to. 
be happy that they came back. You know, I haven't looked you at know? the... I'm curious. While, while we have you here, I'm going to look at a comic book roundup and see what... I didn't even look at what the hell people said about that. Oh, game. yeah. Because mentally, I really am so done with this. I really am. <laughs> like true. I'm just so annoyed at it. I'm like, I, I just don't ever want to see this again. I wouldn't mind if they just put Doom Patrol back in the box for another few years and uh, <laughs> we'll worry about it. It makes me think about what the hell happened with... Uh, um. You know, do you remember uh, Jeff Johns had a Doom Patrol? Do you remember this? It, he had him in the Teen Titans, yeah. They showed up. Well, he had that one, but they also showed up. Then you also had uh, one in JL, Justice League. Yeah, Justice League. Yeah. It, had, it had Element Woman on it. And mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. what happened with that? Okay, so yeah, the rating is 7.7 across the board. Uh, we have two 10s. <laughs> Fucking, of course, two 10 out of 10s. One 8.5 out of 10. Then they drop off quickly six, and then and then I am the uh, very low, bottom, the low winner of this one. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, there's only five reviews, and there used to be like a, whole a dozen bunch. reviews for this or yeah. more. That would, you know, people were into it. So the bloom is off the rose, folks. But that's okay because the rose is dead. And young <laughs> animal, I do not think we will ever be seeing that shit again. And uh, probably not. Good riddance. But next week we should <laughs> have a uh, Sandman book, and it should be. Sam in universe, but uh, the dreaming, oh, the dreaming, sorry, yeah, but uh, I don't have it yet, so I can't promise that. But I have a feeling, <laughs> I have a feeling they're gonna come through. So, uh, I think that's all we got from this week. Chris got anything else for him? No, <laughs> well, until next time, which will be never, folks. I hope you keep it young and animalistic. See ya. That's absolutely ridiculous. I'm meticulous when ripping this. I'll break your ribs, hip and fist. If you don't get the gist, I'll give the air a twist. I'm more fatal as a tornado or a volcano. Harder than fire with the texture of glass. Lift the lava mass. This mega blast is supplied by years of struggling and praying that society stop crumbling. It's humbling when you.